Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. I want the people to know that they still have two out of three branches of the podcast working for them, and that ain't bad. It's a good line. It's a really good line. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Griffin Newman. Uh, David Sims. Uh, this is a podcast. Go ahead. We still have one of the branches of the podcast working for us. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, it's called Blank Check with Griffin and David. He's we, doing flourishes. He doesn't usually do flourishes. I get fancy. We, I, you we know, got a fancy guest, so we got to do fancy He's the mayor of podcasting, right, and we right, need to let him right, know right. that everything's on the up and up in this studio. I wore a tie. Ben wore ben a tie. Is, ben is tied up. He's dressed. He's he's looking pretty natty today. I mean, Ben is that into fashion. That's true. Our guest today has walked in dressed impeccably. Well, I mean. Is your hat deliberately color-coordinated to the Spontanean Nation logo? Yes, it is. Amazing. It is. Unbelievable. I I... Will not say who our guest is, and they will not be able to guess from the question I just asked. He's a very well dressed man the, who has some connection to Spontanea Nation. Or there's also going to be the subtle clue in the in the the app will tell you the name of the movie and the guest. Sure, but, but that that you know, sure. take that as you will. Eagle eyed like, listeners, right, right. You know, the, you have the, to both listen closely and read closely. Sure. Uh, we're not uh, you were explaining guest. the concept of our <laughs> podcast. Right. The concept of the podcast is, of course. That we are, hashtag the two friends. We're two friends. We have the podcast together. It's a competitive advantage. No one else has it going for them. Right. We're the two friends. What do we talk about? Kind of irrelevant. I mean, honestly, at that point. Well, right. Well, but we decided to talk about something, but we are the two friends. We could have talked about anything and we would be running the game. Right. Obviously. We have a utility patent on that. <laughs> it's proprietary. Uh-huh. And we could, we could honestly just license that concept out and let the dollars roll in. Right, right, right. But we decided to talk about filmographies. Mm-hmm. Directors who have massive success early on in their career given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. And sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they are incinerated into a green skeleton. Very disturbingly. And they, yeah. and they alarm 10-year-old David in the theater. This movie Very alarming. me the fuck out. I was, I was not ready to see this movie. We can talk about it. This is one of the first movies I consciously chose to see, even though I knew it would scare me. I'm a little baby boy in every sense. Sure. <laughs> I was young when this movie came out. Sure. And uh, my, my dad wanted to see it. He was looking to win me over because he wanted to see it. And he knew, like, well, I can two birds with one stone, take care of my kids and see this movie. Sure, sure. So he was trying to convince me to go see it. And he had his friend who had seen the movie call me up on the phone and describe all the scariest moments. Oh. So I also knew all the disturbing that imagery. That worse. Yeah. Like someone called you up. How old? You're like seven years old. I was older. seven years old. It's like, so... Guy's going to turn into a skeleton like 40 minutes in. A 42-year-old friend of my father's picked up the phone, talked to a 7-year-old. I don't mean to alarm you, but uh, Glenn Close is crushed by a chandelier. Truly (laughs) described every death like that. I was like, so what does it look like when they die? It's like they turn to a skeleton and see the green or red. Sure. What are the other deaths? A chandelier. Sure. The hand comes off. It It, rips through his chest. Punches through his heart. All these things were described to me, and all of them sounded terrifying, but they also sounded so bizarre that I then became drawn to see the movie because I couldn't imagine what they looked like. Yeah, right, right, right. Sure, having, like, having that described does not sound like, oh yeah, of course, right. skeleton, like, like like most movies, right? When, when like they a, get shot, they turn right. into a red skeleton. When you're like a kid and they read like spooky Halloween stories in school and most of them are just right. like, and he was a ghost. And then every once in a while, there's the one about the woman with the handkerchief around the neck and you're like, 
this is too much. Um, still not introducing our guest. Velvet Would you like ribbon. to say something? It was a velvet ribbon. Jesus handkerchief. Christ. It'd be weird if it was a handkerchief because then someone would literally be like, hey, can I borrow your handkerchief? I don't, I don't I think the story would be nearly as enduring if it had been a handkerchief. <laughs> right. You don't think so? I don't think so. Well, then would, the rudeness would just be so, like, it's rude to ask like, what's up with the velvet ribbon around your neck? But it's not rude to That's ask. That's a stylistic like, choice. You right. wouldn't be like, why are you wearing that? Right. But a handkerchief. Can I borrow your handkerchief, please? And like, no. <laughs> but if this if the story was set during Christmas time, everyone would be asking to borrow the velvet ribbon as well. Just being like, I got this wrapped That's a up. Really good. That's point. true. That's Where's really my bow? Point. Can I just borrow that for one second? Yeah. For one week until <laughs> right. the gift it is open, and then returned. I'll return it back. Right, yeah. right. Giving this gift to someone who always saves the wrapping. Yeah. I can retrieve this and get it back. To you. Don't you find it to be like a burden when someone gives you something that is too well wrapped? And you don't want to just like rip into it. You feel like you have to show some respect for the like the artistry of the wrapping. Yeah, it is sort of um, it, it's 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 sort of a power move. It is a power move. Yeah, it's like I want you to know how much time I put into this. Yeah, and how little consideration you're gonna put into taking it off. Yeah, yeah. I have a sister who does the uh, double wrapping. Half my half sister does the double wrapping. You, Do you have guys? a half sister? Yeah. This is. Wait, we have a sister who does double wrapping? She does double wrapping to I, make up, I guess, for wait, the, okay, no. So, so that, evens out, that evens out to one full sister, right? If it's a half sister with double right, wrapping. She double wraps. No, yeah, yeah. She's one full. What is double wrapping? Like, so you've got a, a beautifully wrapped present. She's very artful with the wrapping. You open the wrapping. What is beneath? Like a box wrapped in tissue paper. Like, it's like there's another. Now there is a new layer of wrapping for you to contend with before you what? will see. Yeah, I don't know. And it's always the same, like. Perfect colored tissue paper. You know, every gift is the same. Like it's always very, very arranged. It's very nice, but it's a lot of wrapping. I don't uh, know. It's wasteful. I I can't believe you have a sister, and this is half never... sister. Yes, but, but I... double wrapping. Once <laughs> again, real... which evens out to one full sister. There's a reason I don't bring her up. Why? She lives in England. So Paul doesn't know, and we're not introducing him yet. But Paul right. doesn't know that. I grew up in England. Uh, I spent most of my uh, young life in England. I moved right. there when I was nine. Okay, you moved there when you were nine. Nine years old. Okay. Yep. Uh, and it I, comes up a lot. And I left when I was twenty-two. It comes up a lot because a lot of my formative years were spent there. Paul, our guest, who I haven't introduced, who is connected to Spontaneous Nation and dresses well. <laughs> sure. You're a comedian. Yeah. You understand a great bit. <laughs> I I understand it. Be I, weird if you said no. I get why we have them. Yeah. Yes. But Absolutely. The, but the key, the thing that makes that separates the the bit amateurs from the great bitsmen mm-hmm. and bits women of the world That's right. is knowing when to leave the bit. Knowing when to hang it up from the rafters sure. and retire it. Right. Crucial. Right? Crucial. You right. hit it, right. I don't know, 47 to 68 times <laughs> and, and then you quit get it. Out. Clean, right? Hit it 47 <laughs> to 68 times and quit it. You wrap it in tissue paper, you wrap it in a, a second layer of wrapping, That's you put right. it on the shelf. So David has this very convoluted bit that he moved to England when he was nine and lived there for a number of years and constantly wants to reference everything through the prism of the fact that he did it when he was in England. Like I saw that movie in England or I met that person oh, in England. Oh, I see, you know? I see, like I see. I'm, I don't, you right. may not know this, but I'm from England. We I gracefully hit this bit for three yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Everyone loved it. And we said, let's get out while the getting's good, while this hasn't gotten old. Yeah. We retired it. And David continues to bring it up every single episode. Right. They retired it because literally people in my life who don't even listen to this stupid podcast will now, when I say something about like, oh, in England, they'll be like... <laughs> England? You grew up in England? So they retired it, I thought, out of compassion. But, now, uh, to be fair to David, mm-hmm. he right? tried not to 
That's true. Mention it. He did just say he was a train on the And you were raking me over the coals for having a, a relative. But to be fair to Griffin, you could have mentioned the sister way earlier. <laughs> I'm, he's he this browbeats is weird. me. You've been though. doing this for such a long time. For such a long time. We, like four years. It's like four years. Jesus Christ. We've been friends for five years. You never mentioned your sister. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sure I have. Maybe not. I don't no. know. Half sister. Double rapping. Wow. The movie's Mars Attacks. Our guest today is Paul F. Tompkins. Hi. The great Paul F. Tompkins is here. Uh, uh, yeah. Paul, not Knocking only... Knocking this water over. Th- but this, water this is, of course, a miniseries about the films of Tim Burton, as you know from mm. everything we've been talking about this episode. Right. It's called Podward Scissorcast. Of course. And this <laughs> course. is the episode on Mars Attacks. Yep. Now, you had not seen this film before. No, but also said you thought it was maybe the only film of his you hadn't seen. Yeah, I am. I am a. I'm a Tim Burton fan, and I've liked pretty much all of his movies that I have seen, mm-hmm. with the exception of that Planet of the Apes movie. I really didn't like at all. No one really. No one ever speaks up for that one. Really. I wasn't that crazy about Big Fish either. Some, like it, it, has, people it has its fans. It has its fans. Uh, but, um, did you, Did you see the Wonderland picture? I saw it on a plane. Yeah, that that one I knew I was like, well, this isn't really for me. Correct. Right. And there was there were some parts in it that I enjoyed. But this you know? seems like a film that would be for you. This is sort of the last of his like pure comedies. Yes, I don't yeah. know why I didn't see this when it came out. Yeah, but I watched it today, and I must say I straight up loved this movie. I think this ah, one's the best. It, it really surprised me. It yeah. really surprised. Sure. I, I, for some reason, I thought. I guess because it didn't do that well. It no. was kind of a and, flop. Yeah, and I thought, well, this is probably not good. It's and so, it, I really, I really enjoyed it. Well, I think watching this movie now also is just a trip where you're like, Jesus, everyone in this movie is like so famous. Yeah, like there's that sort of like delightful. Like here's Danny DeVito for two scenes here, right? Like, yeah. Well, and and there's a weird balance of like people in the movie who hadn't reached their right, peak right, level right. of fame you got your yet. Jack Black's, Natalie right. Portman was your, just sort of starting out. Even Christina Applegate is like married with children, but she's not as much of a movie star back then. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then you have the people who are like on the other side of it where you have like Paul Winfield and Rod Steiger. Yeah. <laughs> Rod Steiger especially. Jack Nicholson playing two roles. Yes. For no particular for no reason. reason. For yeah. no reason. Yeah. No reason. They don't like, meet. <laughs> they don't meet. It's not like, oh, yeah. so is he going to end up impersonating the president right. at some point? There's no. no like, they're mad completely no. separate <laughs> no. the whole time. Do you want the full story? Here's the full story on why Jack Nicholson played two roles. I would love to We know. are connoisseurs of context. We're connoisseurs of context. context, I guess. Timmy and Jack, old friends from the Bartman days, right? Which I, which I completely forgot right. about yes. because I, I remember when the movie started thinking, how did Jack Nicholson agree right. to do this? Yes. And it's like, oh, that's right, Batman. Right. Right. If he and agreed to do that. Yes. <laughs> he did agree to do that. I think for a sizable sum of money. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I believe he was the highest paid actor <laughs> yeah, of all time. Sure. At that but point. I mean he still agreed to he do it. He showed up for it though. He did, he he did not he did not like just he didn't no. jor it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. like, I'm no. going to work for this money. Don't worry. He definitely has more screen time than Michael Key. I mean, that's one of those movies where yeah. like they yeah. knew the villain was played by such a colossal megastar right. that they'd give so much villain backstory. Yeah, right. There's so much of him in his office planning his next attack. <laughs> right. like he's in it a lot. Yeah. But uh, I always kind of forget that they work together because the first Batman feels like there's a Tim Burton movie and then there's a Jack Nicholson movie. Yeah, <laughs> like it's a it movie does. that's switching between, yeah. like when Jack Nicholson's in a scene, it's a Jack Nicholson movie that right, he's, he's like charge. owning. Right. He's mm-hmm. the auteur of the those scenes. The first Batman feels like his movie a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Right. Batman Returns, that's the Burton-y Batman movie yes. a little more maybe. Um, but he, you know, wants to make this movie, knows it's going to be really expensive, knows that they need to fill the cast with big stars. It's like, yeah. if I can get a mega, mega A-list legend 
at the top of the call sheet. That helps things a lot. So he sends the script to Jack Nicholson and he goes, any of these characters jump out to you? Are there any of these that you want to play? <laughs> and Nicholson's response is, I want to play all of them. <laughs> and they're like, we'll give you two. <laughs> Why not let him do them all? So that was the honest joke was he wanted to play like as many as they would let him he play. He wanted to do like a Peter Sellers. Yeah, right. he was like, I'll do six, seven. I mean, there's a wow. Dr. Strangelove vibe. Yeah. I guess he's picking sure. up on that. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, but, so. but two is almost the weirdest number. Because Dr. Yeah. Strangelove is- Sellers does like five. No, he does three. He does three. He does three? Yeah. He's the president. He's the president. He's, uh, he's Doctor Strange. Love. Love. And then there's the guy. And he's right. the other guy. Okay. Yeah, the other guy. The, the famous other guy. <laughs> the one. No. Where, wait. He does. Wait. All right. All right. All right. Now I gotta look. He's it the up. president. Yeah. He's, he's Doctor Strangelove. He's the military guy. Yeah, he's like, um, you know, the, the assistant to, to the Ripper. Uh, he is the yeah. title card that says the, the end right. at the end of the movie. Yeah, he he's contorted a, his body uh, into doing it. Lionel yeah. Mandrake. You know, he, that's, that's when yeah. he's just being Peter Sellers. Yes. He's got the God. accent. Yeah, Everyone does their Lionel Mandrake impressions at parties <laughs> and just kills. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah imagine like, let's do a three-person costume. Uh, I'll be right. Dr. Strangelove. Uh, he'll be the president. You could be Lionel Mandrake. I feel like three is not a bad idea. Right. <laughs> Three, I feel like, is the number. Like, when Eddie Murphy does a comedy where he plays multiple sure. characters, it's three. Well, and if it's more than three, you might you might be watching the wrong Eddie Murphy movie. <laughs> right. Like, like the clumps, he did an entire family, right? right? When, when he's getting to clump scale, maybe maybe Eddie should have, like, yeah. should have pared it down. That scene is a master word. That one, that one dinner table scene in the first movie. In, in the first movie? Yeah. Oh, yes. The yes. thing I, I trip out on all the time with that movie, which I have never seen, by the way. Uh-huh. You've never seen, uh, any, never seen any clump? clump. No. Yes. I think I saw the first Nutty Professor movie. Sure, yes. Sure. Um, is the, the fact that he would commit to all of that makeup mm-hmm. Multiple times, right. yes. like that's a drag. That's, a, that's a real drag. That's right. a drag. That seems so and annoying. Not, like to do it once would be like, ah, <laughs> right. oh, I can't wait till this is over. The, but the other play thing, an entire family, right. and also none of those are easy. Like something like no. Norbit, where he's playing like a couple characters. Like one of them is just him with a wig and glasses. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. like right. he's got right. his home base where like Norbit yeah. is just kind of him, and then he's got two that require more time. Yeah, but like his normal guy, in Nutty Professor, also requires a fat suit. <laughs> Do you think yeah. he loves it? Like, is it possible? Because he did it so many times. Well, and like, Rick- like, he's got a latex fetish. He, he, right. Like, oh, he, like the first time they put wait. those cheeks on, yeah. those jowls. <laughs> can't wait to have that goo poured on my face. <laughs> put those straws in my nose. But like, Rick Baker will talk about him a lot. And it like sounds like Rick Baker's like the one good working relationship he right. has. They, 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 they still can like, shoot the shit. <laughs> has just been like, he's a lot. <laughs> um, but he makes it sound like Eddie Murphy is like Lon Chaney, where he like loves the artistry of the whole right. thing like right. he lives he for yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever done that have either of you ever done that gotten the goop on your face yeah 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 you it's, did the goop for I, what I liked it I I did I did it for you got gooped a sketch on a a show called the Stephanie Miller show okay this is so long ago I'm looking this up I'm, and I played Richard Nixon and sure they so they made a mask of my yeah, wow. they, they they made took a mold of my face to make a to make prosthetics like the jowls and stuff and um, it was, I thought I was going to be freaked out by it. And I loved it. Uh, yes. <laughs> because so, so. do you, anytime that that is happening, you are free from all responsibilities. 
You, there's no, you can't be rude. Even like small talk. Like right, you can't, right. you, you just like, you're shut out from the world and it's like a weird little vacation. It's it kind of like a spa. Right. Yeah, it was like meditative. Right. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. All right. Absolutely. Uh, and I, people talk to you in a very soothing sure, way. Sure. You know, okay, they're like, we're gonna here's add. what we're going to do. Yeah. Your like, left jowl. I'm, I'm leaving the room for one second. I have to get something. <laughs> I'm going to come back. It's, it's so, there's something that's very reassuring about it. They just do the. maybe that's Eddie Murphy's comp. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. They just do the scan now. I think they almost never do the the pour wow, to get the wow. motion. Sure, yeah, I had to right, get right. it done for the tick for all the stuff yeah. they have to build around my head, the helmet and everything. Yeah. And I've done two or three times and it's just, it's very tedious, but it's like they put you on like a lazy Susan. Yeah. And some guy sits on the floor and rotates you. <laughs> like an MRI kind of yeah. situation? And where? you're just like sitting there and they're like, stay neutral. And the guy's holding like a bone density scanner type thing, like a hand scanner. Wow. And you see your face form in a computer and on one hand, I'm like, oh, I guess I, you know, I'm lucky. I, I missed the window of having to do the face scoop. But on the other hand, I don't really feel like an actor without having lived through right, one face right, scooping. Right. I just, like, I, I imagine <laughs> right. you had this thing as a kid where you're just like, well, there's certain things that, like, signify, like, I'm a real showbiz professional. Oh, yeah. I got squibbed for the first time recently. That feels oh. like a real showbiz thing. It, yeah. Honestly, that was my first, f- the, the, the overriding feeling yeah. was like, this feels like, Hollywood to me right. when I was a kid watching behind the scenes yeah. stuff this feels really cool mm-hmm. and like to get the compliment from the stuntman who oh, like, oh, yeah, is right. like you really you really acted that that was great you know because yeah. they they their thing is and I gathered this from like I've been around stuntman very few times mm-hmm, in my sure. career it's like comedy there's not a you know, it's, it's, there's every once in a while, there's some like weird thing that you have to do, but yeah, very rarely does someone make an $80 million alien invasion yeah. comedy with <laughs> tons of stunts well, and effects. You never have to do anything physical that, that, that ever gets th- that involved but, where they're like, it's dangerous. Right? Yeah. Where they're yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. do I also yeah. think Don't it's easier right. when it's like comedy stunt stuff because it, it requires a little less precision. Yeah. Like right. if you're trying to make things look cool. Yeah, or powerful exactly. or impressive. Exactly. The, the sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It, it becomes. Very similitude. No, it's like the uh, uh, the math of it becomes like oh, very precise. I see. Yeah, I, I see. I see. Right, 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 like right. You're going to need to choreograph yeah. it. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. if you're comedy, just jumping out of like a sugar sell, glass. If you know how to be funny, you right. can just sort of sell yeah. it. So yeah, you yeah. cross your eyes, you yeah. make a fart, you know, yeah. whatever it is, and it works. Yeah. But for this, the guy, you know, I had to get shot and. Uh, you know, fall to my knees and then die, you okay. know? And uh, I had to, the first, I get shot a couple times. The first bullet like hits me in my shoulder and turns so, me around right, to face moving. the camera. Right, yeah. right. And then I get shot in the chest and then I collapse. And I was so pleased that I got the, the, the approval of the stunt guy because the I think they, right. I think they think like, Actors can't act this stuff. Right, 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 right. They, they haven't been shot they like can, we They have. can act crying and stuff, but they can't do this sort of thing. I, this is this is where we come in. I, I would also, be afraid to do oh, that. I, I, Every time I, like, get a, a stuntman's approval, like the recognition thumbs up, yeah. it feels like the jocks on the football team are telling me I'm pretty funny. 100%. Right, right. 100%. You, you could, like, yeah. hang with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, for someone who doesn't know what they're doing, you did yeah. a pretty good job. <laughs> I just, like, I melt. <laughs> it's like my father saying that I caught a ball well, you know? Did your father never say that you caught balls There well? was one time I scored a goal in soccer, sure. and my dad talked about it for eight years. <laughs> and I was like, I've done a ton of school plays. <laughs> sure. <laughs> many, many, and you came to them. And your only compliment would be like, you remembered your lines. 
It's a lot of lines. It, important to do. Yeah. Good Good to note that you did true. that. Yes. Yeah, true. And he was following along with the script the whole time. <laughs> he was. <laughs> um, all right. So Mars Attack. So so Burton in general. You like Tim Burton? Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, you yeah, were yeah. Just, Since Pee Wee's Big Adventure, mean, right. I've you, always been, been a fan. A, yeah. He's he, that, that, that early. But so have you stuck with Burton's? You know, did you see like Big Eyes? Did you see? Yeah, I saw Miss Peregrine. That one I haven't seen. Sure, sure. Um, but you're a guy who tours a lot. You're you're traveling yeah, you're a lot. Plane, actually, if you're on a plane, yeah. there's a Burton you haven't seen. Yeah, you, you yeah, might yeah. catch it there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I, but I usually like I'll, I'll screeners. Like I watched yeah. Sweeney mm-hmm. Todd on a screener Sweeney when Todd's that came good. out. Yeah. There's so much good stuff in Sweeney Todd. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think that yeah. I think that I I liked Sleepy Hollow. A lot of people didn't we, like we, that. We like Sleepy Hollow. I really enjoyed that movie. I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. That movie is is very fun. Yeah, and it's like a slasher movie for British character actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, I I think that special um this does feel like this movie's kind of like that too where you're kind of like no one would ever make this now like no oh my god no jesus no like i can't believe they made this thing no and i feel like when people talk about what a tim burton movie is today mm. a lot of times it's reduced to the surface elements of like here's a loner the suburbs are weird sure yeah uh the the aesthetics the the spirals and the stripes and all <laughs> yeah, that sort yeah, of yeah. stuff but this is the last movie that like in the mode of what put him on the map with like peewee and Beetlejuice feels like a full Tim Burton movie where it's like, here's all the elements. Yeah. Here's everything in it together. It's like mm-hmm. a comedy, but it's also a high genre thing. Right. Yeah. It's all the influences of all the pop culture he like absorbed. Right. It's very, very like a, a 60s sort of Gen X-y Fun kind ensemble of cast, mm-hmm. like, you know, balancing all these different tones of performance. There is an underlying like emotional sincerity to it. Mm-hmm. Like I, the thing I found, I was going back and reading reviews of this movie and everyone, uh, not everyone, but this movie is like pretty trash when it came out. I think, and yeah. most of the reviews said like, it just feels like he doesn't even give a shit. Like they wow. were like, this movie feels really snarky. Like he's wow. just riffing on these things. And he doesn't care. Cause it, it, I, I, I find that very surprising. I think it's a very sincere film. It, it, I, me too. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's a flippancy to it, but mostly in the, in like the destruction, but I don't think it's insincere. Like no. it's very sincere. Well, and, and there is, there's a weird, like, I like that he makes the Martians like weird nihilists. Like they're like yeah. punk kids throwing sure. like rocks at cops, right? Right, 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 right. Where it's just like they get so much joy out of destroying stuff and that's the only thing that's driving them. They yeah. have no, right, they have no other motivation. You never no. learn anything about them. But they're humanoid and, and they're speaking in dialogue and they're emoting. So you right. get the sense of right. like, unlike the aliens in like Independence Day or where like, like these are the just world. creatures right. and I yeah. can't connect to what they're, they're doing, like what their reasoning right. is. I did, right. I did. Turn on the uh, the subtitles because I was curious how like, it would be represented. Be, right. ack, ack, ack. And it is just ack, ack, ack. Yeah. Which, that made me laugh. Ack. But they, um, the the idea that <laughs> that the, the movie is about, it's about. Lay it out for us. The people of Earth continuing to trust yes. these yes. monsters. Like, these again and again things. and again. It was making that, the idea, when I. When I realized that's what, like, because I, there was a, there was a point where I was like, I think this is what's going to happen. Yes. And I hope this is what's going to happen. <laughs> it never stops. And then it happened. And then I was like, oh, I am fucking in yeah. completely. This is great. The, the amount of time they spend going like, okay, the dove was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> this time now, we're, I think we figured out. So they're going, this is going to be great. So your favorite gag in the movie is the French president calling being like, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, 
We're meeting so with them good. now. Yeah. So good. And Nicholson on the phone just yeah. genuinely worried. Right. Yeah. All it takes, Jacques, get out of there. All it takes is one cut away from Jacques. Like you yeah. see him in the boardroom. Everything's very civil. Yeah. They cut back to Nicholson. And when they cut back, everyone's incinerated. The Eiffel Tower's Boy. on fire. That they would go to the, the trouble. Yes. Of making them think that they were going to have a peace conference. Yes. Right. That they would have, like sit at little tables and stuff like right. that right. and then <laughs> kill them. Yes. It's hilarious. Well, and that's the oh, thing boy. I really like about this movie is, and I know you and I disagree on this thing, but the thing that this kind of reminds me of is like Shaun of the Dead. Sure. Where it's like what I find funny about this movie, but also weirdly <sighs> scary about this movie is right. this is how I believe real people would actually act in right. these circumstances. Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. it just, I mean, which I don't, it's not like I dislike the movie, right. but it just, it. It's too, uh, I get too upset. It's too upset. Yes. Like when right. shit gets real. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're but, stuck in the bar and mm-hmm. they're, yeah, yeah. The two biggest jokes in this movie that I think are so effective and I think do show a kind of keen insight into the human condition. I mean, this is when he's still making movies about human behavior mm-hmm. sure. and not just his own like quirks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one, uh, that the humans keep on trying to rationalize what's happening. Like they're in a movie yeah. and they can solve this narratively. Yeah. And two, that everyone makes it about themselves. That mm-hmm. it's like a movie about an ensemble cast of narcissists. Yeah. When we're so used to these like ensemble alien invasion movies where it's like slowly but surely the skeleton crew is assembled from all these different satellite plot lines right. and they become the six people who can stop it. Right. And it's everyone trying to go like, I think I know what's going on. Yeah. And I think this is about me. Yeah. And I can fix this. And everyone's wrong the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. And Lucas Haas, who's like the one who saves the day, is like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people did more than I did. <laughs> because he hasn't been watching the movie and doesn't yeah. realize that he's the only person who's done like selfless things the entire <laughs> yeah, sure, film. Sure. Yeah. But he's got like no sort of like delusions of being a hero. Right. He just kind of likes his grandma. <laughs> like, <laughs> who's, who's a great lady. Yeah. Juno from Beetlejuice. I, I do also. I think this is kind of the best cast of all time. Like, I, it's I, amazing. I, it's I look at the cast. ensemble cast, the diversity of it, the breadth of yeah. it. Yeah, there's some, there's people that are doing some fun against type casting. Michael yeah. J. Fox, yeah. you know, so yeah. playing yeah. a creep, so, playing a creep. He yeah. never ever did no. it. No. Never. This is I the know. only time, right? And, yeah. and he's and he's De- like definitely, and he's yeah. great, and he's, he's enjoying great. it, yeah. and you know, and he commits to it, um, and he and he dies. Like, yeah. imagine sitting him down, being like, "You're gonna so be, early. you're gonna be an asshole. You got three scenes. Yell at your girl." Like friend. a lot proportionately, yeah, you know, and, and then, then he's like the third guy who gets shot. He like has your hand. Uh, right. That's it. You're maybe dead. it's like after. Oh, he did Bright Lights, Big City too. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but maybe would, it's like but even that. He he's plays still being charming. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. like that's you, sort of you, the problem. He's the yeah. protagonist. Right. Yeah. yeah, but maybe it was like, okay, I'll be this jerk. That'll be fun. But when do I get killed? Right, right. It's I can only be, give you this much. If I get killed early on, then it won't stick. Yeah, right. And I won't get stuck playing jerks yes. forever. It is also one of these movies where they set up so many characters and there's so many big people from like massive movie stars of the moment to people mm-hmm. who are on the rise to people who are just kind of recognizable as like, oh, that guy or her kind of character yeah. actors that I do feel like it's one of the movies like this where you're like, I genuinely can't put my chips down on who's going to make it at the end. No, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Like you could just as likely see Michael J. Fox riding it through. Absolutely. You know, because, especially because, like, it throws out any notion of, like, well, this character is, is, is presented as a dick. X, this character right. is presented yeah. as sympathetic. Right. You know they're going to be the hero. Here's the other thing, though. Danny DeVito, and I, I look, I like billing. I like to think about billing. Above the posters, title. Things it's like fun. this. It's fun to think about. Yeah. And uh, Danny DeVito, is, he's above the poster yeah. uh, with Nicholson and Jen Glenn Close and Annette Benning and Pierce Brosnan. Danny DeVito, he plays a character called Rude Gambler. Doesn't have a name. <laughs> <laughs> He's in two two scenes. They set him up so early 
where you're like, well, this is a thread we're going to keep on coming back to. Rude, uh, rude gambler, gambler is the name the of the character, <laughs> and like here, you know, they didn't put like Sarah Jessica Parker or no. Michael J. Fox well, or even Ned Beatty's character had a name and network. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, like rude network boss, <laughs> yelling man. You're, you're a, a man who's worked as a character actor for a number of years. Sure. I'm sure you've had your auditions and booked your roles with names like that. Rude uh, gambler, surly you, bartender, and you're yeah. like, and I'm fifth build. Yes, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. I'm above the poster. Guarantee right? that I'm above That's the title, right? right? Yeah. Um, you know, like Jim Brown is a very famous athlete who's yeah. kind yeah. of the main He's character, kind of the hero of the picture. Yeah, but rude gambler had rude to be up there. Gambler. And I also like I'm seeing this as a seven year old, right? Sure. So for me, the people I know are famous are people like Danny DeVito, where Danny right. DeVito yeah. in the '90s was just omnipresent. And he it's like, was he yeah. was like Robin Williams, where he was like a type of a person. Like Doesn't when matter you're if you've never right. seen yeah, a Danny exactly. DeVito movie or you never seen an episode yeah. of Taxi. You know Danny DeVito. Everyone makes jokes about Danny DeVito. He looks sure. so great. Right. He's just like he's fun. Yeah, he's I, gonna I agree. show I up. Love Danny. Like, to be clear, yeah. I, I think he's great as rude gambler. But I just remember I like you know, Papa rude. needs a new pair of shoes. He rolls the dice. I turn to my dad and I go like, now we're in business. I'm watching a Danny DeVito picture. <laughs> but like lines of dialogue under ten, right? Uh, Barely six. Five? <laughs> yeah. He gives Tom Jones a compliment yeah. <laughs> before right. he dies. Right. I think, and he is fully not in the movie for ninety minutes. Oh like, yeah, sure. you completely forget about first it. five. He shows you, up 90 minutes later and then dies in the cameo. Yes. You think it's a cameo. You right, absolutely right. think it's a cameo. You're like, oh, it's Danny's Tim's right. friend. He's going to be in yeah. Dumbo later, you know. But he's like above <laughs> the title and it was also one of those posters where it was like the, the main artwork was the aliens but then mm. it had the little boxes of the actors yeah, yeah. where it was just like, here's and some Danny's familiar face. With his hat. He's in there with his hat. <laughs> wearing a hat. <sighs> the roller rude gambler. The hat of a rude gambler. Yeah. <laughs> this guy won't take his hat off. You feel like <laughs> this piece of shit rude gambler. You feel like he just as easily could have played the second Nicholson role like he could have played the Certainly. casino owner yeah that's yeah. like a total Dan DeVito part sure yeah he I'm glad play Nicholson it. played it though oh me too <laughs> Certainly. <It's> really funny <laughs> it's crazy that he did that and he was like make me up a little I don't know yes. do you think I'm it was his Jack idea Nicholson. to have the, the hair attached to the hat yes 100% <laughs> that's a Nicholson joke that's very funny He's going oh, like boy. hog wild in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And he was coming out of like a somewhat austere period. Bit of a slump because he'd been in things like uh, Wolf was his last big right. movie. Oh my God. You know, Crossing Guard like, was before. The, right. Guard. Like he's making oh, like shit. serious. So he wanted to have some fun. Uh, Hoffa. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, I think like he those, wanted to like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let me let me right. Let me yeah. uh, shake out the silly. And I was like going <laughs> and through the reading. Next year is as good as it gets. Right. And Jack is back. Which was as good you know. as it ever got. Sure. Uh, for America. Right. Um, but I was going back and reading like that a lot was of it. No, press. you don't that agree? Was interesting. That was me. That's an interesting theory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hear me out on this one. Um, uh, Pre Whitewater, you know? It was a different time. It was an innocent time. Whitewater. Pre Whitewater. That was the best it ever got. That was when everything turned. The innocence died. Oh, uh, Whitewater. America yeah. was 100% innocent. Innocent until Whitewater. We're right. relitigating Whitewater. Yes. That's the th- okay. All right. Okay. Um, what um, were you going to say? No, I was going Jack back Nicholson. reading so much press from when this movie oh, came sure. out because it was hyped up as like this is one of the big movies of the year. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers has let Tim Burton make a like eighty million dollar star driven sci fi action movie. Right. Yeah. And especially and comedy. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, and it, the, it's based on Topps trading cards, which. <laughs> 
box office guarantee. In a time where people didn't cravenly make movies off of every non-narrative sure. piece of IP. It's true, right? It now seems kind Warner of Brothers weird like, that it was based off Remember those trading cards? cards? It's yeah. like five movies. We're gonna do. Yeah. Doesn't it even say, like, there's a weird, it's worded weirdly in the opening credits. It's yes. some, it says it's tops, like, for sure. It says sure. tops inspired yeah. by the trading card line created by- I think it, like, by- says property. I oh, swear, oh, I, it I might feel like the word property manufactured might be in there. <laughs> I know the Transformers movies have that where they go inspired by the toy line manufactured by Hasbro. (laughs) Which is always so off-putting. You gotta give it up to the manufacturers. You gotta. You gotta. Um, But but yes, here's the weird incubation of this movie. This uh, trading card line, I think, was sort of a formative thing for a lot of people of that generation because it was really upsetting. Because the iconography was really... Upsetting, and a lot of the creepiest imagery in how, this movie. I'm sorry, how old is that? Um, it's like that, 70s. Let me look it up. I, I actually just you can find them online and yeah. read them all. Like you know, there's there there were only so many of them. They're you can beautiful. Sort of flip so they're it, cool. It's essentially a story told in trading cards. Yeah, it's like yeah. Martians attack. Here's what they it's do. It's not then a really strong back. narrative. It it doesn't have human. Oh, it's not. <laughs> I don't want to burst anyone's bubble here. 1962. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So but you know, they're cool. They're, they're, they're right. cool. They're, I mean, they're the design weird. of the Martians is incredible. You know? And you have your sort of generic ones like uh, this, but things like yeah. the burning cows. Yeah, right. the burning like that cows comes are straight in there. from the, uh, the cards. Yes. And I think a lot of people grew up with them, had these images burned in their mind of like, these were really upsetting. Yeah, that I is kind upsetting of, for right. hating yeah, cards. They right. were eventually like, Tops recalled them because they were like too gross. Right. Yeah. And it predated wow. sort so of they wacky became packages sort of and garbage thing, pail kids right. and all those things that then became bigger in the 80s. And they were not supposed to be funny. They were supposed to be kind of cool, right? Yeah. They're it was, cool. It was like a yeah. comic book in, yes. in card form. Yes. Exactly. And right. like, and the Martians are creepy. They're yeah. big brained skeleton They're, things. So, the, des- the character design is so good. It is. It's yeah. so good. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. But I think it was, you know, they're sort of riffing off the 60s B sci-fi movies yes. of the time. But because it wasn't a movie and they didn't have to like abide by the MPAA, yeah. they got really intense, the cards. Right. You know, so I think people had these sort of like burned into their brain nightmare images of it. Right. In the 80s, Alex Cox tries to make a movie of this. Right. Like post Repo Man. Man, Really? Yeah. Sid and Nancy, he's like, I've wanted to make a Mars Attacks movie. Here you go. It's based upon Mars Attacks, a property of the Topps Company. So weird. (laughs) There you go. And everyone's like, yeah! (laughs) That's when the theater erupts. It is screening just for lawyers. Well described! (laughs) Um, That is one of those things. I guarantee you the lawyer for Topps turned to his wife at the premiere and he was like, that was my work. Yeah. <laughs> we spent seven yeah, months yeah, yeah. on the wording yeah. of the title card. Yeah. No one could agree. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, so Alex Cox tried to make it. I think you're right. Well, yes. at that point is like a pretty like sort of like subversive, transgressive yeah. filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, Isn't yeah. trying to make like a big studio. Like, yeah. But he, I think, has like, you know, has been haunted by these cards for a while. He tries to make it for a while. He can't crack the script. They bring in Martin Amos. Famed British American novelist. No, oh, British. British, British novelist. Correct, correct. British. Hello. Oh, God. Do you want, should I say this? He went to the same school that I ah, went to. I, which is literally ah, true. I don't know what to tell you. He actually did. So did his dad, Kingsley Amos. So to, to switch back, Jonathan so, James. Because right, at that point, it's set up at Orion? Uh, that's right. Right. Yeah. Which makes sense. Right. And they're cool, like, we're not going to make a fucking sci-fi. Mars Attacks movie. This yeah, is like right. sunk cost. Like, what, what were we thinking? <laughs> right. They give up the rights. Now, two weird yeah. things happened. One is that uh, when Jurassic Park, 
the the mm. manuscript starts circulating around Hollywood. The thing hasn't been published yet, but uh, he's with uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Mr. CAA. Um, Michael Eisner? Mike, uh, no, King of Ovitz? Agents. Ovitz. Ovitz, right. Because uh, Ovitz represented uh, 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 Crichton. Sure, Michael Crichton, yeah. Crichton, who was so prolific, had like writer's block for three years. Okay. And Ovitz was like, he's working on something really big. Okay. It's taken a while, but <laughs> it's, it's going to be worth it. sphere. So no, he was hyping it up for so long. Uh-huh. And then Crichton called him up one day and was like, I finally conquered writer's block. Here's the premise. They make dinosaurs. And he was like, I can sell this tomorrow to <laughs> everybody. <laughs> and Crichton then like wrote it in a week. And they immediately went to studios and they were like, here you go. Here's your blockbuster. Mm, sure. So they got into a competitive bidding war where every studio had their like top in-house filmmaker presented as their option to make it. Right. And Warner Brothers was like, we can get Tim Burton right. to do Warner Brothers Jurassic Burton Park. was Universal with Spielberg and uh, someone else had Zemeckis, right? Right. Yeah, and I, I think maybe Joe Dante was in the mix sure, somewhere. Sure. And when Spielberg was interested, all the other directors were like, fuck, I'm not even going to try to compete Right, right. he can right. do it. But Burton got kind of the idea into... Into the idea of doing do, do a dinosaur it, movie. Uh, yeah, like a sci-fi B-movie with dinos. Well, and there was another Topps trading card series at the same right. time called Dinosaurs Attack. Similar to Mars Attacks, I right. believe. Yeah. So I think Jonathan Gems, who had not gotten a produced credit on a no. Burton film, but was a guy who was rewriting a lot of Burton's yeah, movies. he did. He worked had written Batman. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, the unproduced Beetlejuice sequel. That's right. Uh, came to him and was like, look. Orion, Sony just gave this thing up. It's in turnaround. Here's the property. They also have a dinosaur thing. This is your chance to make a dinosaur movie. I have a real take on how to do Mars Attacks. We take this iconography, the imagery of the cards, and we put it through the prism of like an Irwin Allen disaster movie. Right. It's Towering Inferno. It's Airport. It's here's an ensemble cast of great movie stars, satellite, plot lines, everyone reacting to this disaster. And they set it up as like, we're going to do two of these. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a dinosaur movie and we're going to do Mars Attacks. Okay. And very quickly, Jurassic Park becomes such a monolith that's like, I shouldn't even try to touch this. Mm-hmm. Let's, just, let's just do the Mars Attacks movie. Right. So Jonathan Gems writes a script and Warner Brothers budgets it at $260 million. Yeah. <laughs> it had 60 primary characters <laughs> and took place in 12 cities. So it was like shortcuts, wow. basically? Yes. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. right, but shortcuts where every scene costs $40 million. <laughs> wow. And was that, that was that just them saying like we could never make this like that it would cost this much? Money. I think he right. wrote right. They were yeah, just like yeah, this, yeah. Is this is impossible. Is outrageous. Right. So Warner Brothers is very committed to doing it. Tim Burton is pretty much set up at Warner Brothers at that point. He occasionally makes a movie somewhere else. Sure. He goes off to do Ed Wood, and he's like, "Look, I'm into doing this. I'd love to do it after Ed Wood because I'm going to be studying all the movies of that era that I'd sort of be right. referencing. Give me making B movie. Oh my. Shrink this thing down. Mm-hmm. By the time I'm done with Ed Wood, I come back. I'm ready to make this thing." So the thing's been development for a while. They bring on uh, Scott Alexander, Larry Kosowski. They rewrite it. Mm. Everyone comes back. Jonathan Gems is like, I wrote like 60 drafts of it. It kept on being like, oh. shrink it down, shrink it down, shrink it down. Sure. They finally get it to like $100 million. Right. And the final cost is that he wants to do all the Martian stop motion, which would have cost a ton of money because of the time it would have taken to right. do that many characters. Because they're... <laughs> person-sized. It right. would be a nightmare. Yeah. And he's like, I like stop motion. Right. I like the handmade cool. feel. Yeah, It'll yeah. feel retro. I mean, and they it probably like, would have been pretty cool. Right. And one of know. these like famous last words, they were like, Tim Burton, how about you meet CGI? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome. One day you could make some peculiar children with it, perhaps, or a dark shadow. You barely have to use humans at all. <laughs> you barely have to show up. It's like genuinely like introducing sure, like, sure. like and, uh, and he's like, Kurt Cobain to Courtney Love. Right, right. <laughs> I guess this is okay. CGI. (laughs) Yeah. But that cuts the budget down to 80. 
which is right. still incredibly high. They get mm. all these big stars attached because everyone wants to work with Tim Burton. And they finally go and start working on this movie, unaware of the fact that Independence Day is being set up at the exact same time. <laughs> right, right. So they think, oh, we're doing a sort of throwback parody to this type of movie. We're yeah. combining 60s sci-fi movies and we're combining 70s disaster movies. Yeah. And those are the two reference points. It's a big, broad, star-driven comedy. Right. And at the same time, they're making a super earnest attempt to modernize that type of film. So everyone can take it at face value again. It's like, now the special effects are amazing, and it's patriotic, and you believe <laughs> right. in the heroism of right. humanity. And it comes right. out like four months before this, and it fucks this movie. No, it does. Really? Yeah, it yeah. comes out four months before, right? It was yeah. July wow. and October. No, this movie comes out in December. Oh, it was that's supposed crazy. to come okay. out earlier. It was oh. supposed to. It was scheduled as a summer movie, but it took too long. The effects. The effects took too so long. Wow. So they push movie. it to Christmas, that's which wild. is a horrible time to yeah. release a movie Absolutely. like this. Like it Absolutely. should be coming out in like January yeah. or March or something. Right. You know, it's a silly movie. And everyone wrote it off as like, oh, it's like a insincere, snarky parody of right. Independence Day, a movie that was made in a vacuum from this <laughs> sure, film. Sure, but it's it is crazy to watch this and think this is not responding to Independence Day in right. any way. Right. This is its own thing. Uh, came out the same year. Yeah, it was a huge flop. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they spent $80 million, yeah, uh, $20 million to promote it. It did 37 in the U.S. It sure. did weirdly well overseas, and I yeah. feel like it has a better reputation now. Mm. But all the critics just like fucking butchered it, and they were like, I don't get it. What's the joke? He's just making fun of everything. Sure. <laughs> and what's there to grab on to? <laughs> right. I don't know. But I think it's a movie that's about like, you know, uh, uh, I, I think there's so many things I latch onto this film where I'm like, that actually feels like the keenest uh, sort of uh, uh, projection mm -hmm. of how society would respond to this thing. Yeah. I mean, even right. I, I find the end pretty touching, not to skip all the way, but when uh, Taffy is handing out the Congressional Medals <laughs> of Honor, yeah. and it's like the, the monuments <laughs> like are broken, ruins. right? Yeah. And they have a mariachi band playing the national anthem. Yeah. And this idea of like, I guess we kind of got to keep up appearances, right, right, yeah. right, right? Like it feels like this is how the like society is would lovely. Oh, and yeah. the fact that Lucas Haas's speech is so terrible, it's the worst. <laughs> that, that Maybe it, we should go back it's to like TPs. A guy, yeah, a guy who never in his life would be called upon to give a speech right. now has to give a speech, and it's like. I don't know. I got to say something profound, I sure. guess. And right. You yeah. compare this movie to Independence Day, which is about- we have, to, we have to rebuild like our houses and stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not society. Right. <laughs> Independence Day is about like ordinary Americans rising to the occasion. Yeah, sure. And this movie, everyone who rises to the occasion is like, who, me? <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I share with you my big grievance with Independence Day? Please, oh, please. Which I, I get this out as many times as I can. Oh, please. <laughs> So you have Randy Quaid's character. Sure. Mm -hmm. sure. Who he flies the crop, crop duster, crop right? Duster, right. And so when they are looking for, uh, you know, volunteers to fly planes mm -hmm. to combat the aliens, which we have established the aliens at this point mean us harm. Right. Um, they have destroyed. They keep blowing up cities. Yeah. They keep blowing up a bunch of recognizable landmarks. Mm -hmm. A thing, by the way, I, I never get tired of. Yeah. I love that. I, I don't know why that's so like, enjoyable. Yeah. Some whoever whoever did that first w was really onto something yes, because sure. they knew like people will like this. <laughs> <laughs> a, fa a famous thing that everyone knows being yeah. destroyed. King Kong, right? People will like I this. Guess. Maybe it's, it's King King like Kong. him on the Empire yeah. Stampede. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That yeah. building. Yeah. 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 It's right over there. But, so right okay, it. so Randy Quaid is is volunteering to help uh, you know combat yes. the aliens, yes. right? And so they're they're talking to everybody. All the pilots are there. Mm -hmm. They give him a big pep talk, and uh, Randy Quaid is saying. 
Yeah, because when those aliens abducted me and they, uh, you know, probed me and all that stuff, like, I can't wait to get my revenge on them or whatever. Right. And everyone around him is like, okay, weirdo. <laughs> it's like, there, Earth there lies are, in ruins. There are aliens. <laughs> Why is his story unbelievable is, or weird? Yeah, this old alky. There are, there are aliens who mean us harm. Why yes, is this yes. crazy? I, I, fair point. They're yeah. not. It, is it Drives, just that he's Randy Quaid? Is it just like... Randy well, he's not playing talking. himself. Well, because <laughs> no, it, Paul, it does come after that big monologue about the Hollywood star whackers. Right. What? The what? He, that, his uh, line about the probing comes right after his monologue about the Hollywood star whackers. Right. He does. He does do ten minutes on that. Right. Yeah, right. And then right. he records a sex tape wearing a Rupert Murdoch mask. <laughs> this is you guys. This was the DVD. Yes. Yeah. 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 This they, is not the theatrical. No, they, they, this they is extended edition. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Too hot for theaters. R rated and out of control. No, they're they're not nice to him. They should be saying like. Crop dusters and fighter jets, very different. Are you sure? Like, it should just be that. It should be a very reasonable questionnaire. You know, these things, they're jet planes. Yeah. Like, do you know how to work? That is them? more to the <laughs> point. Right, right. For sure. And he's like, the aliens probe me. And they're like, that's fine. The alien blew up the city. I, I don't doubt it. These aliens like, are bad news. I don't like the media. Do you know how to fly one of these planes? <laughs> I lived in New York. Do you know about like it's it's a flame. It's it's a just a, a fiery circle. Have you ever seen it's, it's online? But the way they wrote and shot the movie before they were like, this is too fucking much. Because once they're like, does anyone here know how to fly a plane? And uh-huh. he rides up. Right. Suddenly he like sobers up totally. He's sure. up to the occasion. Yeah. He's in the proper like Top Gear like yeah, sort yeah, of fighter yeah. plane, all of that, and he does his heroic move. The original way they shot it, you can find it on YouTube, is he takes his like old, beaten up, like thirty year old <laughs> bomber plane, right, and he like duct tapes like a missile to it. Wait, really? And he's like, I'm going in. <laughs> like he's essentially like Slim Pickens in, right. in Dark like he Street. never gets heroic. He's just the ridiculous just guy ridiculous. who happens to well, solve. But this is he's to an Paul's insane person point. willing to kill right. himself. Is yes, that the yeah, movie right. has no no like sympathy for him, even though. It's about aliens who destroy the earth. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, well, they kind of they then give him the heroic mind. Then there's that yeah, thing no, where I they know, go I and know. like, your dad was a hero, you know, in the control room. <laughs> but like that character, you know, when they're spending so much. They only so do it much, after he's dead. I know. They're like, he's dead. Anyway, your dad was, your dad a, was hero. a hero. <laughs> <laughs> you watch that movie and that's like such like precision, like fucking studio filmmaking storytelling that you're like, okay, this guy's going to get redeemed in some way. Yeah. They're spending so much Absolutely. time on this like right. drunk butterball. Yeah. That's what, that, that, it's so weird that Mars Attacks comes out the I same love. year because yeah. in Mars Attacks, right, they cut to like a trailer park and you're like, oh, this is going to be important. And it's not important. Yeah. No, yeah, and yeah. It, it is They're like, not, well, they, you know, the grandma's important. I also think not to get too lofty about it, but I feel like this movie is kind of about like the, the meaningless of death sure like just all these deaths are like totally random it doesn't matter how much backstory someone's given you are how much wind up you get for the how famous you are it's just like this thing's coming for people and they're all trying to fight it yeah and some of them get a big ending and some of them are just like collateral damage yeah they can't accept it they're just like i know they look like walking skeletons with big brains but they must be nice like they have a spaceship (laughs) i mean you saying that you when you were like if the joke of this movie is that they keep on trusting them i'm in the other fact the more detailed thing that they keep on just doing the sneak attack of pulling the guns out. Right. Yes. <laughs> they keep on yes. doing it. Like at Congress, he literally does the thing where he sort of wraps the podium. Yeah. And he's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's constantly just reaching under their armpit. <laughs> and that, that great, the great Pierce Brosnan line that, that is repeated a couple times, you know, that while well, they're more advanced, yeah. so 
They must be. Obviously, right. they must be peaceful. Right. Yes. There's, there's, why wouldn't they be? Right, <laughs> right. We are the barbaric ones. Yeah. Yes. They're, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, this, this translation machine that everyone keeps on going to, and then they end up taking it and just fucking like snarkily oh, using it to repeat, so we come in funny. peace. The translation Stop running. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like shitty teenagers. We are your friends. It's so funny. Yeah, right, right. It's they're like, so funny. Like, the Martians in this movie are like the people that Ben hung out with in high school. That's yeah. Right. That's right. Like, they're oh, just like sure. New Jersey scum know this, bums. But Ben's a ditch person from New Jersey. Yeah, I ditch spent, person? Yeah, his first language a lot of time was ditch language. Ditches growing up in New yeah. Jersey. Yes. Uh, so these are a lot like my friends. Yeah. <laughs> did you see this movie in theater? Like, did you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Multiple yeah. times. Yeah. It was Multiple times. Yeah. Um, it was a little stinker growing up. I really related to <laughs> the aliens. Stinker. Were you? You uh, were sort of like a rude gambler type, or I'm on my way. Okay, sure. Did Not you yet. take the witch Mars Attacks character quiz? <laughs> <laughs> I got the aliens. This movie feels like it could be like like Ben's identity, where every character is actually just, <laughs> a, just part a part of his of personality in his head. <laughs> but it's crazy when you think about it that James Bond is in this movie. James yeah. Bond, yeah. the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. current James Bond. Like right plays. after, this is like yeah. his immediate- He's in the middle of like, being James right. Bond, yeah. and he's like, yeah, I'll be a pipe-smoking weirdo. Yeah. Right. There's so many weird, interesting uses of like movie stars and their persona in yeah. this movie. Like the way he's like shitty distorting. Right. right. But he like, there's a balance of like him telling certain people to play it so fucking straight, yeah. and like Nicholson just going hog wild. Well, he's, he's playing it more straight as the president, though. Like it's a yes. very funny and kind of nuanced like comedy performance. It's one of his most likable characters. Yeah, yeah. where like when when they are uh, being uh, you know hustled out of the White House, yeah. right? Um, and they lose uh, Natalie Portman. Mm -hmm. He actually says we lost Taffy at one point. Yeah, right. Which you don't. You kind of. I think what you're so used to Jack Nicholson, and in this movie you don't expect him to give a shit. You right. know that his daughter is, is, <laughs> has been separated from them, right. but he actually does. Yeah. and it's like I don't know. There was like, I was struck by that. What, his, his wife his, dies. His wife he's like his daughter. Yeah. 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 they're trying yeah. to get him out of there. Yeah. Even yeah. though like, his wife is like Glenn Close, being like I'm going to make fun of like the Nancy Reagan right. type sort yeah. of housewife uh, in chief like yeah. thing. Right. But Nicholson wants, still likes her when she's dead. He's sad yeah. that she got smushed by the chandelier. Yeah. And Ben and I were saying before we recorded how weird it is to watch like movies now like this that like fictionalize a president. Mm -hmm. We are like, right, the stereotype for presidents forever used to be like, they're very good performers. <laughs> They're very right. good at making right. it seem like they care so much. That's sure, right. sure, sure. It's this like, is, it's a Gen X movie. I mean, right. this is Tim Burton's mm -hmm. a Gen X-y guy, right? right? And this movie is quietly kind of like it's all horseshit you know those yeah. guys are stupid like right like well, and, that's, and they, like yes. all the generals are bad like uh, paul winfield yes. is just as dumb as yeah. rod steiger that's a thing i love about this movie is like i feel like you know if, if you look at like edward scissorhands and this gets heightened as you get into later films where it's like there are the weird like circle eyed like paper white pale <laughs> sure. right. timber and weirdos and then there's the happy suburban people and they're yeah. at odds with each Little other automatons. right why don't right. they realize everyone should be this dark and and weird and haunted right, right. these mm -hmm. people pretending to be happy but because this gets away with those like stereotypes and it depicts like 80 different types of people mm -hmm. the big thing i think he's getting at is just like everyone's kind of putting on airs Sure. Like everyone's sort of trying to make it seem like they know what they're doing and that they're happy. Mm -hmm. And everyone's could up, kind of putting on a show. And the few people who come out heroic at the end of the movie are the people who just are like naturally themselves, like Taffy right. yep. and Lucas Haas, mm -hmm. Pam Greer, Jim Brown, like these people who are just kind of like, I don't know, I am what I am. But even the sure. Annette Benning character, I think like he doesn't. She does survive. Yeah, it, yeah. I think he has some sympathy for her is so much about her like trying to find meaning in the universe. Sure. Can I address one thing though? I don't, 
for me, those movies, the, the Tim Burton suburbia movies are not necessarily saying everyone should be more like this weirdo. It's more like this is I, what I always took it as is the, the weird, like you, if you are in a place like that and you're a little different, you might as well feel, you feel yeah, like you, you might as like well be Edward Scissorhands, Scissorhands right? You know, right. Sure. That, yes. that everyone is constantly talking about how you're weird, you don't fit in yes, and sure. all that stuff. Right. And it's not, I never took it as, um, you know, hey, we're supposed to be like this, but it's like, if you feel like this, mm-hmm. yes. this is how people treat I, you. I agree with that. I think it's just one of those things where- I th- knew you would, you- Cut beta male. <laughs> Nailed it. Yes, Paul. Yes, Paul. <laughs> Whatever you say, Paul. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Everyone feels like everyone's sister hand. Yes. No, Paul is correct. <laughs> uh, Jesus. No, I do feel like. <laughs> Not expect <laughs> You've had that one locked and loaded all up. I saw you had your trigger finger. I did. I was yeah. right. It's like, when when will it be my opening? Yeah. <laughs> when do I just get to pwn this new, <laughs> send him away in the wambulance? Um, no, I think it's just that it gets reduced to people feeling like, when, when the divide is that stark, when he's dealing with yes. such extreme stereotypes of like, there are only two types of people. Happy right. suburban people and haunted ghost children. Right. <laughs> right. I, I totally understand. <laughs> that it can be misinterpreted as that's the message. And yeah. then when you get to some of the later films where there isn't really a message behind it, sure. in lack of any sort of social commentary, yeah. that's what it feels like. It's like, like Dark Shadows is the shittier version where he's just going like, this weird vampire family's normal yeah. and everyone else is shitty. Yeah. Which you is know? like, hey, that was the, the monsters. Right. Right. <laughs> right. He's, right. We've seen the Adams family too. Right. I thought great. it was a strange, a strange choice with Dark Shadows to make it a straight up comedy. Right. But kind of like we rewatched it recently and it's like, it works well when it's just a straight up comedy, which was a weird choice. Yeah. But just going like, it's a fish out of water comedy. He's an yeah. old school vampire. He doesn't fine. know how things work. It works fine. I but guess it's not, I, like, I, outstanding. It's tough with a movie like that where if you, if you have in your head an idea of what it could be, uh, what it could have been or uh-huh. what you expected it to be. Yes. Like I knew it was going to be a comedy when mm. I saw it, but but I, I kept thinking because the I'd, I'd never seen the original Dark Shadows, but I'd right, read a bunch ask. about it for whatever yes. reason. It was a, another yeah. Mars Attacks-like yeah, object yeah, yeah. that and people sort of obsessed over. It's such a strange thing. It is. And I, I kind of, I guess I couldn't get past the idea of wanting to see a dramatic movie you know that right. uh, you know it's actually so more, more in the dramatic right. vein of Tim Burton, yeah, um, yeah. and what that would have, have done, which like, he could have done, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and maybe I don't know who convinced him. Like, well, no, you got to keep it Adam's family. Yes, right. it might have been as I mean, like I get the instinct to make it a comedy because right. it's you know soap opera. It's but uh, we were know, also right. saying right. like you know, especially in a pre what we do in the shadows era where that hadn't been done yet. Yeah, you almost feel like start from scratch. Yeah. Don't use this property that has a really tangled mythology. Yeah. And just go, the premise is Johnny Depp wakes up 400 years later. Yeah. Maybe don't use Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. The, the premise is someone wakes up from a coffin. He doesn't understand yeah. our modern ways. And yeah. it's like, you know, Nosferatu in like suburbia. That's like a good high concept premise. Mm-hmm. He's a weirdly formal vampire. I don't know. We'll talk about this for its own <laughs> two hour <laughs> episode. <laughs> Dark Shadows is weird. But I mean, it is like this where it, like the tops trading card freaking Mars Attacks thing was yeah. like people would look at it and be like who let them make this yes. this is too weird this never gets past the net usually right yeah. and like that's what Dark like they were just letting him do it like because yeah. right. they were like 
Whatever. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. I don't care what you do. But like, Warner just Brothers- make sure you <laughs> fill the time. Like, Warner Brothers had I, the confidence of like, this is a four quadrant slam dunk, right? Like, well, they made sure. this movie sure because, especially because Burton's weird shit had become so big, where they're like, it's the director of Beetlejuice doing a sci-fi movie. Like, everyone's yeah, like, gonna love that. Love this, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then people were just like, no, fuck well, you. Like, like they were very angry. We're going to talk about the box yeah. office later, but like, you know, it came out at Christmas. No one wants to see this at Christmas. Yeah. I saw this film. They also didn't want to be embarrassed for liking Independence Day. Sure. Which maybe that's part of it. Right. right. Like, it's like, like there's been this yes. switch flipped. No one wanted to admit like, eh, movie was kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it was, but I was into it when he gave the big speech and then Randy Quaid. <laughs> there was famously that year Time Magazine did a cover story that was just the weird bio exoskeleton Independence Day suit, sure, right? Sure, sure, sure. And it just said, sci-fi is back. Uh-huh. And they were <laughs> like, after years of it being shameful. Story? It was the cover story. And oh. it was this big narrative of like, sci-fi used to be for fucking nerds and now it's cool and mainstream again. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and you got Big, like, strong guys right. like it. <laughs> but like, X-Files is like, you know, humongous. Right. Independence Day was huge. Yeah. And then you go the next year, the Star Wars movies get re-released, Men in Black comes out. Like, it's this run it's of sci-fi small, becoming very, yeah. If you want to look. Aliens have landed. But it, this, the subtitle is sci-fi makes a comeback. You're, right. You know, you're correct. It's not even a good, they don't, it doesn't look good. I don't know why he's in like a forest. I don't know why the background is green. Yeah. It's not like we're like, oh, Independence Day famously set in a forest. But it's also, it never went away. Like no, they, no, no. They never stopped making sci-fi movies. No, it's very Hollywood odd. pressed a button. Yeah. <laughs> no more sci-fi. But it was like they sort of acted like, okay, this is the dominant genre now. Like the way we all treat Marvel movies. <laughs> right. And I think it was right. too soon to like, because then uh, Independence Day comes out in July. Sure. This comes out in December. Mm-hmm. And then the following July, Men in Black comes out. Yeah, right. Right. And by that point, everyone's like, we're ready to have the piss taken out the of this. <laughs> but I'm a kid and I'm like, I wanted Men in Black because I was like, where is my major sci-fi summer movie? Like, I want yeah, that. I right. want aliens mm. and goop and guns. Like, I give it to me. It I mean, helped I that it was Will it Smith. Was it was the same guy who did the serious alien movie a year before. Where I saw this movie in theaters yeah. and like, I didn't like that the nice general who has like a phone call with his wife, like going to meet the aliens yes, and he's right. like happy about it. And I don't get when I'm 10 that that phone call, he sounds like kind of, you know, he sounds a little silly. He's yeah, like, right. see, I just, I didn't ask any questions and I got this job. <laughs> and then he gets shot and turned into a skeleton. Right. And the movie's like yelling at you. Like life is a joke. Everything <laughs> right. is meaningless. Just try to survive. I'm like this is fucking horrible. Everyone's a bullshit artist and we're all going to die. <laughs> What was, what was the nice alien movie? The nice alien movie? Like Starman, Cocoon. E.T.? <laughs> no, no, no. You said he made the nice alien movie the year before. Oh, Will Smith, I'm Will saying. Smith, Will Smith, Will Smith. Between Men in Black and Independence Day. Oh, okay. That like yeah. he's the same guy who gave you the nice alien the movie that's alien uplifting movie. Right. is yes. now, now it's taking like, the piss out of it. We can make fun of these. Hey, yeah. right. Right. right, and that right. movie isn't as sort of Fabio's like- Fabio's an alien. <laughs> yes, right. And that movie isn't as cynical, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The threat of danger is never as high. Right. But like Sonnenfeld at that point is very kind of analogous to Burton. He's like a less esoteric Burton. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, it was a similar kind of like comedic sensibility. He works with Bo Welch. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, you know, I'm seven years old when this movie comes out. I'm a child who is, like, terrified of death. Mm -hmm. And if I find out that characters die in a movie, I don't want to see it. Right. And, like, I didn't see Lion King when that was, like, the biggest family film of all time. Because I was, like, but the inciting incident that the 
dad dies. And right? you said inciting incident. I said the time. inciting incident is that the dad dies. <laughs> right. And like kids would come back to school the next year with their Timon and Pumbaa backpack. And I was like, don't you know that movie's about death? How well, how dare you flippantly wear a backpack where Timon is eating bugs? You know, this is not funny. Death is a serious a matter. backpack would be very skinny if it was in the shape of Timon. It wasn't in the shape of Timon. It was like, it was like it never it, occurred to me that the backpack was why in my the shape of the character. Yeah, you fucking beta cuck. Hey, right, Paul Pie. Yeah, we're poning you now, David. I'm now a jock. It's the first time poning has been said so like in the years. I'm, on the I'm air. poning you so hard, David. Paul and I are best friends, and we're poning you, and we're cool, and and men respect us. I'm such a backpack noob. Yeah, you don't we're even. We're an know. NPC. <laughs> I saw you tweeting. That oh, is crap. All those insults <laughs> fucking crack me NPC up so is bad. the funniest thing in the it's world. It's so funny. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, it's it's relatively new. It's it's yeah. great. Like they keep so you're they're basically saying like you're like the shopkeeper in that video. Yeah, game. exactly. <laughs> like you've only got four dialogue yeah. options. You're yeah, programmed yeah, yeah. to support my narrative. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah, the yeah. only one who has agency in this game. Yeah. Oh boy. You don't even realize you're not making choices. <laughs> All right. It's the new version of like you sheeple. Yeah, sure. But by calling someone an NPC, you're outing yourself as <laughs> major dork. <laughs> Dorcas. <laughs> Big Dorcas. Dorcas Prime. Um uh, the backpack for the record, I think, had a sort of basic like kind of <laughs> Thank you, please. It was like a leaf, like a sort of uh, oh, sure, a flora sure, sure. and fauna right. sort and of uh, jungle pattern, but then a big bugs. patch on the center that said like Timon and Pumbaa, we eat bugs or something like that. It was like, like yeah, I like that. And their mouth, they were just like, bugs <laughs> all the cards. Their mouths were full of bugs. <laughs> Truly. That's what I remember. And I was like, I cannot believe you're wearing such a morbid backpack. And this kid was like, it's Pumbaa. He's fat. He eats bugs. What are you talking about? Wouldn't see it. Weird conversation. You guys was had. was terrified of this movie because I knew it was going to be filled with death. Mm, sure, I didn't like any movie Which that had was. these sorts Which of stakes yes. in them. I didn't right. like any sort of invasion movie or anything yeah, like yeah. this. And my dad was like, "It's a comedy. It's Tim Burton. He's like a cartoon guy." Sure. And uh, this guy calls me up on the phone. <laughs> Dad's friend describes all the death scenes to me, and I remember sitting there watching it, and I like loved it. Right. Was mm. so on its wavelength comedically, and started to get like thrilled by how much it scared me. Like it felt like. Wow. Being on a roller coaster or something. Yeah. Where yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. You're kind of white knuckling it. All this right. is upsetting. Yeah. Like yeah. any story that had like Frankenstein y elements, anything mm -hmm. supernatural, anything where people were dying, and the shit like Pierce Brosnan's decapitated head. Oh. That's pretty weird. Not just that, but that, that he's shit. surrounded by his own organs yeah, and yeah. things the fact like that. that. He's the neck. Is still dripping yeah. blood, yeah. even though it's it's, it's kind of a sloppy like sealed off. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. right. It's kind of weird that he can have a conversation. Yeah. Right. But like the visible stitching on like yeah. the weird Sarah Jessica Parker dog yep. hybrid. Like Which, this was the movie where I was sort of like, I'm I'm kind of learning to own everything that scares right. me. What was was that a reference to the cards? Because no, it that's not in the cards. Right. It does not need to be in the movie <laughs> no. at and it's all. So it's insane, so yeah. weird. It's so crazy. And that was the it's moment there just for crazy. There are certain things yes. like. Like the burning cows, like that are right out of the cards, like right. the big sort of uh, robot, robot monster suit. thing right. that they're in. But no, 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 at no point does a fashion <laughs> TV. That was the moment when my my dad's friend Ira speaking to me on the phone <laughs> describes that, and I go, "Well, fuck it, this sounds scary, but I need to see this." Where he's like, and at the end, the two decapitated heads kiss as they're sinking into the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. I'm like, "Fuck it, I can't imagine what that looks like." Right. How can you be? 
not on board with a movie that features that scene. Uh, yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Truly. Right. That killed me. That the, the heads are rolling back and forth, well, and they eventually yes. <laughs> kiss. I'm like, yes, this is this is hilarious. It is. It's a very good mockery it's of that weird, like Titanic yes, style. The ship yes. is going down, it's and so we're in love. weird right. and great. It's it is. it's it so is. good. It's and I, so good. And I think there is a weird kind of, earnestness. Like he takes them very seriously. They're yes. very cute. You're kind of rooting for them. I was flirting with you, and I hoped that you would like it. Yes. <laughs> like that whole and, element and I like of like that she's kind of good at her job. Yeah, like yeah. she's sort of scooping her dumb boyfriend with yeah. his newspaper. <laughs> right. Like like Michael J. Fox is an asshole because he doesn't see that she's good at what she does. Yeah. Because it's not yeah. quote unquote yeah. serious. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that Pierce Brosnan is like like the chief of science for the United States he? of America, yeah. despite being like a natty British man. <laughs> and also he's stupid. I mean, I love right. the guy, yeah. but he really thinks these Martians are on the level. But he also sees like game recognized game. You're very good at your job. Sure. Yeah. Um, sure. Here's like a big difference between like the way this film was marketed in America and the way it was marketed overseas where it does uh, significantly better is the poster here is just all the weird alien brains, right? right. And the one right. Martian's poking up and it's got all the names and it says nice planet will take and I think people don't know what to make of this, right? And then the European poster where it did really well they were just like, here's all the weird imagery. Yeah. It's Sarah right. Jessica Parker's head on a dog. It's the spy kid. girl. Right. Wow, that's right. a much yeah, better yeah, yeah. poster. And yeah. it did well there. Yeah. Yeah, and it was yeah. like, here's the gonzo, like, fucking, like, insane, throw it at the wall. I don't wall. know yeah. how you don't include that Sarah Jessica Parker will pee on top of a chihuahua. Like, you that her it. head. Like, that's, you should put that in your post. That gets yeah. you in the theater. You're gonna do that. <laughs> right. Like, you're gonna spend the money. Yeah. And they actually did it, of course, as we all know. Of course, yeah, right. yes. Yeah, they put her on a chihuahua and they took her off, obviously, right. you know. And Sarah Jessica Parker was a local hire and they made her pay for the operation That's herself. right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, and she also, did get some money back because they used dry ice a couple times. That's correct. <laughs> and then the the Lisa Marie thing, right? Yeah, which the is, weird creature, right? And like, that's like right. Apex Tim Burton, where like he's like Lisa Marie is his weirdly silent girlfriend, yeah. who appears in like nonverbal roles in all of his movies, other than Ed Wood, where she right. just speaks in a flat, like sarcastic yeah. monotone. Yeah, she's, yeah. Yeah. But she's like this weird piece of art dressing in his films, yeah. and then she's always on the red carpet with him in like these insane proto Lady Gaga yeah. outfits. Right. I've always liked. Her. I always have I've too. Always liked her. She seems she's really cool. She seems awesome. cool. Yeah. 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 She seems very cool. Also, uh, apparently, Rebecca Broussard, who was Nicholson's girlfriend, at plays the time. one of the hookers. Plays one of the hookers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, we Schroeder plays the president, the president of France. There's so many weird <laughs> casting. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. I, everyone wanted to work with Burton. <laughs> right, and then you get like know. Joe Don Baker, who yeah. is like the original Buford Pusser yeah. and Walking Tall. Like it's yeah. like all these people like- Olan Jones. Right, who yeah. is like one of Burton's favorite yeah. like stock I company love, character right. actors. Yeah. Um, and it's right after Ed Wood was his previous right movie. Right, Ed Wood's his previous yeah. movie. Which, which I, one of my favorites. It's great. I my love favorite that movie. Yeah. Yes. And um, I, I remember that being really, uh, especially with, I think, Hollywood people, that movie- was very resonant. I think it's the and, best film about filmmaking ever made. Yeah, And me I too. feel like most people I know who are in the industry go like that and Bowfinger are the two that sum it up. But Bowfinger makes me kind of hate the industry sure, and Ed right. Wood makes me kind of love it. Right. Well, and also, and I don't know LA that well, but it always felt like a very good LA movie. Like just, just about like living in a little house in LA. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I think it was the first time I saw a Hollywood movie because I saw it when I was whatever, a teenager, you know, where it's like, oh yeah, they don't, they're not, they're just, they just people. They just yeah. live in little yeah. houses and they yeah, have cars yeah. and shit. You know, <laughs> right. living like job to job, like gig yeah. to gig. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. 
I love. It. I love. That they're so that's outskirts. certainly my favorite Burton. But, but it's his most like, like humane and right. wonderful yeah. movie. But it yeah. was like his least successful film ever. Right. But it did really. Win, it won yes. Oscars. Won Oscars, so, but didn't yeah. work commercially. No. Certainly was respected for, and people were like, oh, maybe like Burton's growing up. Like maybe this is the start of him. Like, you I, know, guess I shouldn't better. be surprised that it was his least successful. <laughs> film, <laughs> like this black and white movie about the friendship between a crossdresser and yeah, a Paul heroin addict, addict. <laughs> a washed up, yeah. mean Hungarian heroin addict. Yeah. The tagline for the movie is "His films are bad." <laughs> uh, no, but it is crazy if you actually take a close look at the numbers. You have to do a deep reading. It did not outgross Batman. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, Hollywood accountants poured over here. this year. months. Look, we're just trying to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was <laughs> another thing was like all the critics who kind of like, you know, to a certain degree, Tim Burton was treated not exactly the same, but I think a little bit like early Spielberg where they were mm-hmm. like, why does he keep on making these infantile movies? Right. Why is he so caught up with this genre stuff? Mm-hmm. Why is it always about the suburbs? You know, like all this sort of shit. <laughs> What did the suburbs do to you, Tim? Right. Leave him alone. <laughs> right. And like on a very, very small scale, I think they were like, oh, they made like a black and white, like kind of artsy human, like mm-hmm. adult movie. It's yeah. like, this is sort of a Schindler's List. Like, what's he going to be like now? <laughs> and then he makes like his most insane cartoon yeah. movie a funny right reaction to Edward, yeah. I mean, it's hard to talk about the plot of this movie because it is so fractured, but no. I do think of films with sort of ensemble satellite storytelling like this, mm-hmm. it is one of the most balanced. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like this film is very well structured in terms of even like sure. the people who don't appear for 40 minutes. You feel like you're keeping abreast of all the threads. Yeah. Yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. feels very well characterized. It takes a good half hour before the Martians start killing everyone. So it's like, you know, by that point, you've been introduced to everyone. You're they're very easy to get to know. And like really they're very good, big characters. Efficient so characterization. The performances them. are really good, but you Absolutely. get all the little details of like everyone's sort of behavioral quirks. Yeah. I mean, just like watching everyone watch the first uh, televised uh, speech by the Martians. Did the international sign of the donut. That's the funniest line in the movie. That, that kills me. The other one I like is when Lucas Haas is later with his coworker at the donut shop. And he goes, why are they doing this? She goes, maybe they don't uh, like humans. <laughs> it's also good. And she's still, like, the delivery is perfect because so it's perfect. like, yeah. this might be an I, idea. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. I, I'm keep, not saying I. this is what I think. I'm yeah. saying that this is a possibility. They do keep mowing us down like yeah. chaff. <laughs> this movie is just like, they, the, he's so in control of like the sense of comedic contrast. Yeah. And there are also so many like incredibly funny edits in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it, these perfect like, I mean, where you see his animation background coming in of like, yeah. this is the exact timing to cut to this reaction shot of this face. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where like you're watching General Casey with the dove and everyone sure. and then it turned to chaos on TV and the first cut back to Nicholson. <laughs> and and, and, close and they're really like watching funny. on the couch with like their TV dinner trays, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And the, the animation is really Funny. It's really funny. It's really funny. It's 22 years old. It looks pretty amazing. It looks great. Like, it looks it great. Looks great. And, it's, and I feel like it's aged into the equivalent of stop motion. Yes, you know yes. what I mean? Like yeah, the way sure. they move when they're, when they're carrying people up the little ramp to the spaceship. <laughs> yeah. But but they're, when they, their reactions to things, when, when Nicholson does that speech and the, and the head alien the nice like, speech, gets right. choked up and everything, yeah. it's like every, it's tiny little details 
that are so well rendered. But the performances so well rendered. are really good. Yeah. I mean, that's the other places animation background comes in as a real I like strong it when they're is, in the right. ship being goofy too and they're yeah. kind of like, you know, right. one of them's banging on a console or yeah. they're like laughing around but and like yucking it up. that's also the ultimate joke of the movie is the humans still can't figure out how to read them and we're all like, we got these guys figured out. Yeah. Like as an audience, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. I understand them behaviorally. Yeah. <laughs> they are malevolent <laughs> children. And all the weird rules that are like sort of established of their like sort of, uh, of their lives, like visually of like, like, mm-hmm. okay, on the ship, they all walk around in Speedos. Yeah. Yep. Then this weird, like, sort of factory press machine I that like gives that. them the suits. <laughs> it's yes. funny. All their, like, their communications. Their, Looney Tunes their ticker shit. tape machine looks like a, a roll of condoms. Yes, <laughs> it looks like a roll of condoms. They're horny, too. There's, there's really a couple horny. Of, uh, horny yeah, jokes. that's right. Yes, they, they like these right. sort of experiments wipers. just for kicks. Yeah. Um, but Everything's they, just for goofs like, for them. Things <laughs> like the little factory thing or the, the, the weird balloon that sucks up the nuclear bomb. It's like pure Looney Tunes. Right. It's like Chuck Jones. Well, and then like the whole fucking Lisa Marie section is just like such good physical that comedy. That is the best part because yeah. I like that their idea of walking is that that sort of weird swaying yeah. hand motion. Right, but then right. there'll be that bit With where like glide. when he looks away, then she turns into like she creeps, sleepy, <laughs> like Elmer Fudd position. Like her hands come up like claws, and the second he looks over, she's like back into elegant. God, like this movie is so bizarre. So good. So and her strange. like oxygen uh, oxygen chewing gum. The fact that her purse Nitrogen. is clearly uh, shaped. Like all that stuff that I just found so fucking funny as a child and like demystified death for me in its own weird way where I was just like, I moved from like being like terrified by the specter of like, I will die 80 years from now. Like I right. wake my parents up in the middle <laughs> of the sure, night. Sure. And be like, but you're telling me in like six decades I'll be dead. Oh no! And they'd be like, don't worry about yeah. it. Live now. Right. They'd be like, you're worried about this shit. Like, go right. to sleep. Yeah. I'm worrying about right. this. And this movie, for the first time, I was just like, I don't know. What are you gonna do? <laughs> it's all meaningless. That's fantastic. It like shifted my entire worldview. This wow. Film. Yeah, truly. That's amazing. Yeah. This was the one where I stopped That's having amazing. like death nightmares, and I was death. like, hey, what are you gonna do about it? Yeah. Glad I was here. And for you this learned one. about Tom Jones. Right, I was introduced <laughs> to Tom Jones through this Huge movie. Huge for me. I referred to him as my favorite musician for a year <laughs> after this one. I made my parents buy Tom Jones albums. <laughs> oh my God. I like, mean, you know. I had no cultural context. I didn't right. get who he was. The last right, right. shot of the movie is him singing to a bunch of animals. Thought it was the funniest That's thing the in the last world. shot. I, I was wondering if he was going to sing. It stops right before <laughs> right, he right, sings. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, him, it's him sort of gathering the animals yeah. around him. I love that they made him so noble that he runs off stage and then he's telling everyone else to leave. Like, you have to right. get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, instead of just he knows how to privately running for cover yeah. himself. Right. right. <laughs> Tom Jones. Where is, like, why is Tom Jones a joke? Is he, like, a punchline at this point? Is that why no, they're it doing it? Or he's like, just, like, I mean, a Vegas guy? I think it was because of Vegas. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. it was because yeah. of But Vegas. also, like, Jonathan Jem said that, like, Tim Burton really. And a good get, too. You know, like. A good get. Yeah. Sure. Great. Um, Jem said that Tim Burton really, like, co-wrote this movie and didn't ask for credit. And I think he was a little more hands-on in the script, actually at the typewriter than he has in some of his other films. And a lot of those influences feel like, well, these are the guys he like grew up watching. Yeah. Like he watched a ton of like Pam Greer, Jim Brown movies. And that's why he right. put him in the Pam film. Pam Greer is so much fun in this movie. Right. And yeah. had them sort of play. Jackie Brown. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like this is like the beginning of her like comeback. Yeah. Narrative. Yeah. Definitely. Another weird, uh, thing I found in the credits that nice. one of the little kids one of Pam, Ground, Pam Greer's sons Ray J. Ray J for the love of Ray are J are you serious what? yes the littler one or the bigger the one the bigger one yeah. you can tell because half of that height is penis get <laughs> out of here good god it's a large I'm Ray sorry J. that you had to it's hear a, that Paul well, I mean what are you going to yeah, no, you're right. of, course, of course it's Ray J here, of yes. course no, I mean yes. you're looking at oh, there he is yeah. well no I, 
it never occurred to me as I was no, watching I the movie. Well, that's Ray J. Me neither. <laughs> well, you, yeah, you might feel a little weird being like, what is that kid, like Ray J or right. something? <laughs> What's weird is when I saw this movie, I didn't know who Jack Nicholson was. And I was like, oh, Ray J's in this picture. Like when his name <laughs> came up picture. in the opening credits, I was like, oh, Ray J. He who appears on Nickelodeon game shows with some frequency. Oh, see, sure. I don't know. I didn't know Ray J until the sex tape. Like, I had no idea who he was. Well, Ray J is Brandy's little brother, right? Yes, he's right. in Moesha. Right. Was that the show? So all yes. that stuff would yeah. be, like, after my time. Right, and right. then they sort of right. positioned yes. him as a rapper. But sex tapes are timeless. <laughs> <Right>. Of course. <laughs> They're for all of us. Transcend generations. Yeah, exactly. Oh, um, no, he was, like... Brand, they were trying to make Ray J happen. Yeah, sure. so Brandy so would, doing all of her stuff <laughs> right. would be like, and here I am with Ray my J brother. Ray J. It was own <laughs> right. It's like I know, I know what to do. It's not the only thing he took in his own right. Biting his tail. There we go. <laughs> um, no, those were the people who like Ray jumped J. out to me watching this film. It's like, yeah. oh, Ray J. All right. Anyone else in the? Uh, yeah, I mean, Sylvia Sidney as the grandma. Just I liked seeing her because we yeah. we did Beetlejuice very recently, and she's yeah. she's she rules. She's so funny in this. I she like it when she's like, I'm not that old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you remember the invention of the train. Yeah. Because well, they play this bit of like, oh, she's like a scene all lay doesn't know what she's doing. And every time anyone treats her that way, she's like, you fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Barbette Schroeder did not notice that yeah. credit so the first time. She like early Jack Black. Yeah. yeah. As yeah. one of the first. He's deaths. funny. Yeah. yeah. That's a funny scene. Um, that you know when he surrenders, we picks up the flag. That that it it is. I do think it is a movie that is pointedly like, you know, uh, poking fun at the pomp and circumstance of the White House and like you know. The, you got the Steiger character and the Paul Winfeld character, the, where he's like this great sort of diplomat, this man right. of peace, and Rod Stucker's like blow him up, like right. the whole movie, and <laughs> yes. both of them are wrong. And you're yeah. cross cutting from that to Vegas. I'm right. sure Burton thought that was like the perfect mirror image, right? It's just right. like right. this absurd cowboy man. And he wanted, you know, that big thing they blow up. That's a real demolition oh, that's of a real crazy. hotel. That was a real hotel really? in Vegas, so like some expensive. weird old yeah. hotel that Burton, I guess, thought was so terrific because it looks like a space yeah. needle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were going to blow it up anyway. And he was like, we got to wow. put that in Mars. That's attacks. terrific. I know. I that's just terrific. love the first time he's like on the phone when he is seeing out of his like peripheral vision that aliens are being announced on television. Right. He's just coincidentally been developing this hotel. And the guy just immediately goes like, well, this is going to be a big boon for business. <laughs> right. <laughs> like aliens are invading. Like you see the hotel get finished as the movie yeah. goes on and it doesn't go on for very long in terms of the timeline. <laughs> but that he's still in like the investor meeting with like these Saudi Arabian <laughs> exactly. princes. And like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, it's always funny. Right? Look behind like, yeah. you is always right? funny. Right. Like it's just like, you know, Annette Benning is going like, this is the message that like yeah. the universe is trying to tell on. Like Jack right. Nicholson's like this is gonna be huge for business. President is seeing it as like this is like the thing right. that makes I'm me gonna a, be great a great canonical statesman. president. Yeah, yeah, right. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gotta be the speech has gotta be real good. Right. And the only people who come out of it looking heroic are the people who just like look after one person. You know, yeah. like Jim Brown's trying to get back to his kids. Right. Lucas mm -hmm. Haas is trying to take care of his grandmother. Yeah. Um. I mean, I remember the the reveal of Jim Brown at the end of the film was like fucking pumping fists, like Absolutely. the most excited I'd ever been in a movie theater. <laughs> was anyone else excited in the movie theater? I remember the theater cheering, that's and my right. dad was like, that's one of the great moments in film. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we oh. would talk about it all the, the time. That, that's yes. one of yeah. the great. Yeah, he was like, oh, that is quite word. a marker to throw oh, down. Oh, oh, I my think word. the line my dad said was, it doesn't get better than that. And he would, <laughs> he would like describe it to people. Like my dad's friends would come over to dinner, and he'd be like, and you think Jim Brown's dead? <laughs> 
and the planes and flying overhead. Like, yeah, we, we get it. I mean, it's not the first time a movie well, ever right, did but that. the visual language of that sequencing sure. of shots where it's like, okay, you see them pushing the, the Martians he, out of their he's apartment. He's got the yeah. Pharaoh outfit on. Yeah. Right, no, but first you see, like, Ray J. Uh-huh. Okay. And Pam Greer and the other boy, who's young Michael Jordan from Space Jam, is weirdly <laughs> oh, an actor sure. we've covered like four times on this podcast. Sure, There's okay. another movie he's in. But you see them pushing the aliens out. Mm-hmm. Then the camera pulls back to see like, oh, the entire half of the building is gone. And now they're right. dealing with the wreckage, which is a kind of a fun reveal. And then that fucking like fist pumping moment of mm-hmm. like Egyptian sandal comes down, squishes the brain. I mean, it's and like he made it. It's like watching your son score a goal in soccer. That's what it feels like. Yeah. It was the only two things my dad but, ever talked about. I was not, so proud of you, and I was so like proud of Jim Brown. Like seeing them do a play and remember all their lines. Nope. No. no. Not like that. Right. And I said to my dad, I was like, he's an athlete, and you liked him doing some acting. And he was like, oh, Griffin, he's a good actor. Uh, is there <laughs> anything else you want to talk about before we play the box office game? And then uh, I, a I really enjoyed Annette Benning in this movie. Yeah. I've really never seen yeah. her. She I don't think so I've ever seen her. She's so rarely a high comedy. Yeah. 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 I've yeah. never seen her do a character like that before. Right, you know, like right. a character mm-hmm. character. Yeah, 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 you know? Yeah. It was it I loved the voice that she was doing and it was it was fun. It was really I, fun I, to watch. And she's sort of like her. I like all the sort of broken people being set up. I mean, they yeah. they do yeah. such a nice setup of Jim Brown with like him needing the money, the divorce he hasn't fully accepted, yeah. turning down the Jack Nicholson offer to be like a shakedown artist, yeah. like muscle guy. Implying that he'd done it before, right? Um, and then just all the little pieces of the Annette Benning of like she's in this awful marriage. She kind of loves the luxury. She of likes it. gambling. She's a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. She falls yeah, for she Dave DeVito. It's over for three months. That was such a such a crazy detail <laughs> yes. to me. Like because when we first see her, she's like, "Do you have to drink in front of me <laughs> to find out she's only it's only three months <laughs> in and all this shit happens?" But the Tahoe thing when yeah. Jim Brown's yeah. like, "Can we go DC?" and she's like. No, why DC Tahoe? <laughs> <laughs> They're a cute little team. Uh, yeah. She never was, really done a comedy. She before. was supposed to be Catwoman, and then she got pregnant. That's right. With their first child. Oh, that's right. She dropped out very late in the game, huh. and that's when Sean Young made her like aggressive. Oh boy, her famous yeah. video, right? Yeah. Um, but but I think she had wanted to work with Bert. I mean, all these sure. actors like no, love I think working yeah, it's, with it's him. that situation. I think Sean yeah. Young would have been a good Catwoman. Sure. I think she would have done a good job. Well, she was supposed to be Vicky Vale. She had an injury, horseback riding. Right. And then was forced to drop out. Mm -hmm. And then she felt like that was, I missed the window. I need to get back into Batman somehow. Right. (laughs) Here's what I know. I gotta be in a Batman movie. (laughs) Right. That's where it all went. Look, I need that sense of completion. They're only going to make like two of these. I have very (laughs) limited opportunities. Never making one of these fucking things. (laughs) He's returning. That's it. They got one actor playing Batman. When he's done, the whole franchise is going to be over. (laughs) Yeah. The second Keaton walks, they're closing the book. All right. Uh, so Griffin, with the box office game, uh-huh. we've done this box office. So Paul, the box office Griffin, <laughs> he can guess. Do we have to do it? Or you don't seem into it. it. No, I'm gonna. I'll explain in a second. But so yeah. the box office game is: I just look at the opening weekend of the movie, and Griffin right. usually, because he's a a little computer boy, can, little can remember literally what the other movies in the top five yeah, were. What an yeah. LCB. But we've, <laughs> but we've done. This box office before. Okay, what else came out this week? Because it came out at the same day as Jerry Maguire. Oh, Jerry Maggs. The same Uh, day. The same day as Jerry Maguire. One movie that feels like it's tailor-made for people to see during the Christmas season. Sure. (laughs) Appropriately scheduled. Okay. So, but we could do the next week. I don't know. 
That's all I got for you. Really. Uh, let's let's do this weekend. It's been a little while. Yeah, it's been, it's been a, been a while. Years. All right. So number one is Jerry Maguire. I gave it away. Okay. Number two is what did open with? Seventeen million dollars. Which was like genuinely a huge opening at that time. Sure, for a two and a half hour romantic drama about a sports agent. About contract <laughs> negotiations. Uh, rated R? Yeah. In a pre yeah. in a pre ballers era? <laughs> exactly. They did they had no idea what yeah. was on the horizon. When are they gonna start the BCU? The bum. <laughs> Because <laughs> we know when Wahlberg makes a TV show, it's really just a setup for the major film franchise that will come later. Is he in Ballers? Has like Wahlberg I'm sure in Ballers? I'm sure he showed up. Yeah. I'm sure. Remember when he was in Entourage and like the first episode, he's like, hey, Vinny Chase, how you doing? And then it walks off and like yeah. you're like, oh, he's passing. I, I yeah, weirdly yeah. watching. I give this yes. my blessing. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I weirdly watched uh, him doing an interview. Uh, I forget what movie it was promoting, but they had just gotten the green light on the Entourage film. Okay. Because it was some clip that someone was recirculating of him talking about the the fake penis and boogie nights. Uh-huh. So it still has some virality. Right. And he was like, you know, where he's took- like, who knows if it's fake or real? No one will ever know. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's trying. He's trying to <laughs> make it murky and mysterious. <laughs> if I'd been on that plane nine eleven with that penis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What, what's the clip? Can you if if he and Ray J were on the same flight, <laughs> right? None of that would have happened. Who is it who just told us that they canceled their 9-11? Oh, James Seamus told us that. James Seamus. We interviewed James Seamus. Screenwriter of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, canceled <laughs> Said he used his to United take Flight 93. 93 all the yeah. time. Anyway. He took sorry. it once a week because he was like going back and forth between L.A. and New York. He'd teach at Columbia and he'd work in L.A. And he was like, I pretty much had a weekly reservation Jesus on that flight night. I remember specifically canceling. The amount of famos who didn't get Seth on one McFarlane. of those planes. It's McFarlane, weird. Yeah. Mark, Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg's fake penis. Wait, 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 wait. Mark Wahlberg wasn't supposed to be on one of the planes, was he? He just opined that had he, he been, just wanted, he wished oh, okay. he had booked the ticket. All right, yeah. Okay. The only so person who doesn't prevent... say, thank God I didn't yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The person went, Jesus I wish Christ, I was on there. I'll never forgive myself for not booking that America. Oh, boy. Um, also, Brian from the Backstreet Boys' wife, Brian Latrell's wife, yes, was supposed to be on one of them. So I'm glad that I could tell you. I that. mean, just think about the butterfly effect and how different our world would be. Okay, what was Mark Wahlberg no saying American in the video dad. clip? What was he saying? Help me. He was saying. Now I have to actually remember. Oh, he was talking with such confidence, like you know, it took a long time to get all the contracts lined up, but I'm so happy we're finally making the Entourage movie. And I'm telling you. You're not going to have to wait that long for the second one. Oh. oh. He's like, we're going to keep <laughs> he, this ball threw, in the he, air. Right, right. Like, right. now that we got it, this is a full rebirth. I always wanted it to be a film franchise. You wanted to make Entourage. Right, that's what right. he was saying. He was like, we had to make a TV show to test the concept, to show people it was viable. No one wanted to do <laughs> the series. But now it's going to be a major fucking film franchise. Did anyone here see the Entourage movie? I did. I had to review it for my job I, as a film sorry. critic. Uh, <laughs> I have not seen it. It's all right. I can't imagine seeing. I read the script because I auditioned twice for it. Oh, that's right. Griffin auditioned. There was a brief moment where they had serious interest in me. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And I auditioned seriously for two roles in the film. The two people who got the parts I auditioned for, of course. (laughs) Look at me, Paul. Who are the two other actors I'm always going up against for roles? Probably. Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) Who? Who? Come on. Uh, Academy Award nominee Haley Joel Osment. Yep. And Kid Cudi. Yep. <laughs> and both the- times they went, this is a total Griffin Newman role. Um, I saw Entourage. I don't right remember anything. Did you see cast. it? Yeah. I did not see it. I read the script. Cover, what did cover. Tur- Turtle do? He's like, he fights Ronda Rousey. Cool. 
That sounds that's what cool. I remember. Yeah, that sounds yeah. really cool. I think I remember Haley Joel Osment is pretty funny. Kid Cudi, I think he's just like Ari's assistant. Yes, correct. He's the new uh, assistant. He's like serious. He's just playing. His... What happened to Lloyd? He gets Lloyd's, promoted. He's Lloyd's a partner. like president at this oh, point or something. Okay, okay. I don't know. Like, I saw the first season and one episode of the second season of Entourage. Sure. Before and I was like, called why am I doing this? <laughs> right. But you still unfortunately know what it is. I know too much yeah. about all the names of the characters. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yes. Well, and you know yes, about yes, the Murphy yes, group. Yeah. Yep. No, and it makes sense. (laughs) Paul, it makes sense that you didn't see the movie because if you'd only seen the first season and then jumped to the movie, you would not understand. I would have been lost, right? The the plot was so complex. Fame, you know, often comes with a little bit of complication. You might be on a yacht, but then Emily Ratajkowski's there and you want to hit on her. Sometimes you get two job offers and you have to pick one. That's right. Yes. And the effect it has on the rest of your life is microscopic. I, I did not see the finale, the TV finale, but I heard that, I remember that it aired on 9-11, and the last shot was two planes taking off from Los Angeles for New York. Oh my God. I also, yeah. wow. I just realized what Entourage is. Entourage is a choose your own adventure book where whatever you choose, it still sends you to the same page. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like there's no consequence for any actions. Yeah. Yeah. Slap Werner Herzog in the face, turn the page. You win an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's the same outcome as if you go on a date with Jamie King. It's the exact same thing. Number three at the box okay, office. Mars Attacks is two. Yeah. Is uh, a, a Disney. Uh, live action remake before they did them three times a year. Flubber? No. Mm. Live action remake. Oh, 101 Dalmatians? 96. There we go. So Glenn Close. Yeah, Glenn Close is all over Big the box office. Glenn Close. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that was a hit. Big hit. You know, that, you know, puppies. Yeah. Uh, right, because Mar- Mars had, Attacks had it all. <laughs> Mars Attacks opened above 101 Dalmatians. Uh, but 101 Dalmatians has been in theaters for three oh, weeks. Oh, it's already been. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's yeah. been around. It's yeah. it's doing great. It's uh, it's going to make like $100 million. It's, yeah, it's, it's um, number four, however. I believe I struggled. You struggled with this Wait, one. Wait, did, did 101 Dalmatians top out at 100? And one, No, 136. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if it was only at 100. <laughs> it hits 101 and Disney's like, yank it. <laughs> take, it out, take it out of theaters. This is too perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta leave some money on the table. Oh, boy. <laughs> Number four is also a remake. It stars like a huge star and a, another like huge celebrity. Oh, so one of the people you would say is not an actor. Not an actor first and foremost. And it's, it's a remake. It is a remake. It's a family movie. With a huge celebrity. Were they a musician? Yes, yes, yes. The other person is a musician. Is it The Preacher's Wife? Preacher's Wife. <laughs> Denzel Washington. Remake of The Pastor's Wife? Uh, the, Bishop's right. wife. the Bishop's Wife. Bishop's Wife. Uh, yeah, Denzel, Whitney Houston. Directed by Penny Marshall? Yep. Uh, number five is a, a an action film, kind of a disaster movie with a big action star who's like on the wane. Seriously on the wane. Stallone? He, he knows immediately. But it's Stallone. I guess I He's on the wane. It's a disaster movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not Daybreak. Is it Daybreak? You're close. Daylight? Yeah, What's it called? Daylight. daylight. Yeah. What was what, that one again? What if the Holland Tunnel blew up yeah. and there were like 12 people in Trapped there? in the tunnel. Sylvester <laughs> Stallone's got to go get him. Major stakes. Sly in a tunnel. <laughs> it's, it is fun to think about. People. You know, rather than like, there's a virus, everyone dies. It's like the Holland Tunnel. There's like a few people. He has to go. It doesn't sound that hard. No. To figure out. 
right? I think he like leads I'm not them up to the stairs. Elon Musk here or anything. Like, I've built a special. Right. I mean, only a pedo couldn't figure out how to get out of a tunnel. Um, so that's our fun. Do you think that was the entire pitch? Was just slides in a tunnel. I don't. At that point, I, I saw time, that bro. movie in theaters. What if trying to get out of something? You were trying to get into something. <laughs> it's also weird that it's called daylight because I get the ideas that they they want to see day, like they yeah. want to get out of the tunnel. It feels a little mocking. It's like, well, yes. <laughs> uh, hold your breath. Ugh. Daylight. It just sa- it sounds like a vampire movie or something. Yeah, I don't know. Are these people like trapped? Why am I asking? It's Why just am I like, asking. It's like the cars blow Why? up, so it collapses. So they're in the tunnel. Yeah. He's got to go through some big fans. There's a fan sequence. See, that's like the answer. big whirling fans. Paul, the reason why you're asking is because David, of course, was an executive producer on the film Daylight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I thought it was great to have a fan sequence. I, I staged it in the in the boardroom, and they were was, all into it. Was that Rob Cohen? Um. Yeah, I think you're right. Sounds like it, Rob Cohen. <laughs> yeah, Pfft, Rob. I just fans. I just saw Skyscraper for uh, How Did This Get Made? That uh, oh, yes. other movie yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, and um, that one with three people, not two friends. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And they're mm-hmm. not friends. Mm-mm. Two of them are married. I think hey, we all know. <laughs> a long walk from friendship. <laughs> they might say I married my best friend, but that's a lie. Yeah. Um. And that movie is is mainly The Rock trying to get into. A building, okay, as opposed to trying to get Exit out of it. Building. It's Die Hard on the outside. Is yeah. It, uh, yeah. yeah, is it any good? No, no. It's it's not. It, it, it's it's dull. You know, it's it's not like um. There's a bunch of set pieces, but it's not fun and it's not interesting. And know? he's not interesting. He has one leg, right? That's his bit. That's, That's his, his yes, thing. but it it kind of doesn't come into play until the very end of the movie. You kind of I completely you, like, forgot. Don't even they establish right. it, right. and then I completely forgot about it right. for a long yeah. time. Yeah. One other complaint I want to make about Mars Attacks before we're done. Uh-huh. Oscar nominees that year for visual effects. Oh, yeah. There were three. Mm-hmm. Okay. The winner was Independence Day. Sure. Big movie. Big uh-huh. hit. Yeah. It's got aliens. I mean, you're, you're mad about yeah. it. I agree. But, like, you know, it can be in there. Another nominee is Twister. <laughs> sure. Which Tornadoes. Big hit. The biggest yeah. fucking movie. Yeah. The third nominee was Dragonheart. The, like Dennis Quaid dragon movie. And let me tell you. And they snubbed this for Dragonheart. The dragon and Dragonheart looked terrible. Looks awful. Wait, was it was it nominated or not nominated? It, it wasn't nominated. Mars wow. Attacks wasn't nominated. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it was snubbed for I think Dragonheart. Yeah, I think, that's, you know, that sucks. Independence Day and Twister, they're getting in. Yeah. It, I mean, as much as much stock as you place in these kind of things, yeah. I think I always feel like I I. It, the the technical awards mean more than the acting awards. Kind Do you of. know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's well, it's certainly like, it's great to see when those guys easier. win and they get up and they're on national TV yeah, and they're you don't know exactly. who they are and, and they, like, they never get recognition yeah. ever. And it, it and, and it's to like also, the husbands in the audience looking all happy or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I nice. think it's also it's it's more provably excellent. Do you know what I mean? Yes, As opposed to yes, acting, which right. is so subjective. Like, eh, it's up to you. It's whether, like, right, right. Look at these things that they well, built. Like, it's a <laughs> shitty dragon. Yeah, that it looks, dragon like, it looks like a screensaver. Dragon. It looks like a screensaver. Crappy saber. dragon. Do they have right. green bones in this movie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's the, right. The dragon and Dragonheart, and I'm not just saying this because it's easy to dunk on something that's 22 years old now. We're talking about <laughs> right. a movie that still holds up, right? Yeah, the dragon and Dragonheart looks like he's from like a pinball CD-ROM that comes with your gateway computer. And who directed Dragonheart? Rob Cohen. Rob that's Cohen. right. That's why dragon voiced by uh, Sean Connery. That's right. Yes. That's right. I'm a dragon. I don't know what he does. I remember him saying from the trailer, "I am the last one." <laughs> he's like, I think he's the last dragon. Yeah. Isn't it his contract that he always has to be the last of something? Correct. Is that like 
Like Highlander or whatever. Like he yeah. says, it's like, no, no. There yeah. can be only one. There, there can be only there can one. Be only All right. One. So there's two in Highlander. Yeah. You're right. Don't move <laughs> withdrawn. Sorry. No, the effects in Dragon Heart are terrible. The effects on Mars Attacks are great. And also, there was like, there, especially the stuff where they're inside the ship. Yeah. You're like, this is 100% CGI. Yeah. Which is not a thing that people were doing. Yeah. There was a lot true. of integrating CGI elements, a couple CGI characters. But you have these long sequences that are like, it's CGI characters in a CGI environment holding CGI props. Yeah. Like, it's fully animated. It's terrific. The the quantity of the thing alone should have, like... Absolutely! Uh, yeah. Absolutely! Yeah. Like, all those scenes of the the, the alien armies, it, it, you know, lined up in formation and everything. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's so much fun to look at. It is. It looks terrific. It's inventive. It like, the person yes, turning into a skeleton looks like nothing you've yes. ever seen yes. since. Yes, like, yes, yes. No one ever did that effect again. And that I weird also melty sort think of thing. Yeah. A yeah. thing that no one else was able to pull off at that time period, where the technology kind of wasn't there, but and part of it's the sound effects, which I think are really good in the movie. They are absolutely they're great. You get a real sense of texture and material in this movie. Yeah, you like really you're do. like, I know what kind of rubber their suits are made out of. Yeah, I know the squishiness of their brains. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah, like the 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 sequined sort of texture of their capes. Like yeah. you get a sense of like the different sort of uh, textures there. It's very visceral for Agreed. how cartoony they are. What a weird movie. I love it. It's a weird, great movie. I love it. Yeah, I for I don't know if you do this on the show. Yeah. I highly recommend this film. Oh, I highly recommend up. it. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad we got you to see it. Yeah, thank nice you. Occasion. Thank you. Right? We did a service. Right. Yeah. Because um, I, I saw you were doing shows in New York City. Mm-hmm. I slid near DMs. It's true. Slid right in. He slid. And I said, do you by any chance have any hot takes on Mars Attacks? Because I knew we didn't have a guest for that one. I pulled a Jerry O'Connelly. But then it's the risk slider. was, you said, I haven't even seen it. I'd love, <laughs> I'd love the Sorry. reason. Jesus. Oh I apologize. Uh, he, he follows me on Twitter. I could slide into his DMs and see if he likes the joke. What if you slid into his DMs and say, like, sorry to be a carry word? <laughs> you get that, of course. Yeah, of course. And of course, Carrie oh. Warrer follows Ben on Twitter, so then Ben right. can slide we into Carrie Warrer's joke. Sorry to be a J- Jonathan Reese Davies. <laughs> Was that his name? Right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Wait, is there a... No, he's John Reese davies right? And then there's John Jonathan Reese davies Jonathan Reese Myers. Yes, you're yes. right. But John you know what? The drug actor. Uh, the, <laughs> the drug, drug actor. Drug you know actor. what? He is just John. He wasn't Jonathan yeah. Reese davies So, yeah. Yeah. There there we go. He wouldn't get the tattoo. The, the uh, I know. The I always thought of it. Tattoo. Fuck that. Not doing that it. That is kind of... Yeah. It's weird. Man, it is weird, right? Like Ian McKellen did it. Yeah, he's, everybody yeah. except oh, him. The like, queen knighted Ian yeah. McKellen. He's very famous. <laughs> yeah. And you're John Reese davies You're... Most famous for yeah. being the yeah. dwarf like, uh, on Salah. I don't know, guys. I don't know, guys. Yeah. That's the thing. The reason why he didn't, he didn't get, get the Salah tattoo, tattoo, he's yeah. inked off. Like his whole <laughs> body no is room. Salah. No room. <laughs> Spielberg insists. <laughs> what if every other film he had done, he had gotten a tattoo for, and he's like, I'm literally just out of real estate. Maybe the uh, bottom of my foot. Yeah. Nope. No. Shit. No. All, all I got left are my hands. Cute idea, guys. Up. Can't do that because yeah. of acting. Yeah. They have to cover it up with makeup or CGI it out. Uh, you know what the flip side of that story is? That the uh, the whole main cast of Suicide Squad all got matching Suicide Squad tattoos and I'm they serious. gave them to each other to be like, this is like a bonding exercise. And Will Smith was like, haha, pass. <laughs> and they were all like, yeah, Will wouldn't. Like, they tried to present it like the John right. Reese davies thing where they were like, yeah, Will wasn't really a team player. But like now Academy Award nominee Margot Robbie has a misspelled Suicide Squad <laughs> tattoo that was probably inked by Jai Courtney. Like they all did them for each other. I, I'm sorry. This this is a sickening story. <laughs> Paul I've has never just been heard looking this on in astonishment. A hundred percent true. <laughs> they gave each other. They, yes. they 
inked each other. I believe it was S-K-W-A-D. And their director... Oh, no. Could you at least say, like, yes, make you're it right. very small? No. <laughs> They're large. I mean, no, because... Paul, yeah, like, like you're writing it on a grain of rice? Yeah, like one of those. exactly. Well, here's the great thing. They weren't professional tattoo artists, so they definitely couldn't control... Squad. Squad. Oh, S-K-W-A-D. No. It, that was a horrible idea, says Joel Kinnaman. <laughs> That's a quote. What, wait, is he in the movie? What did he play? He's, he plays like the, the guy, guy who's the like, human? you suicide squad. You're, uh, you're driving me crazy. I hate it. Oh, so he's not a member of the squad. He is. I mean, he's sort of the leader. He's their babysitter. Yeah, he's, he's the Emilio Estevez from Mighty Ducks. Okay. Uh, yeah. Did he get, was he, he, got got one? he got one. He got one. And, and now agrees that it was, uh, yeah. realizes it was a Everyone terrible Everyone but Will Smith, who's technically in the squad guy. Here's one. the weird thing. Will Smith gave him the tattoo. Kinnaman. Yeah. So he'll give you a tattoo. That looks terrible. Yes. He just literally wrote K-W-A-D. the word no. squad spelled no. wrong yeah. no. on his arm. Why? In like regular print. <laughs> like. I wish that that hadn't happened. <laughs> right. I just love like Jonathan Reese davies being, like, Jonathan Reese davies doing the same thing. John Reese davies being like, oh, look, man, this movie's probably going to be embarrassing, right? I don't want to have Lord right. of the Rings on my body for the Jesus. rest of time. It's bad enough I agreed to do three back to back. I can't believe it. Right. And what, then, like, my whole life is going to be this? 17 years later, the entire cast of Suicide Squad <laughs> yeah. at like a Hilton in like Toronto is like, we're going to want to remember this forever, right? Oh, no. I'm trying to find who did others, but I can't. I That's can't really it. astonishing and yeah. upsetting. They're really bad, too. And they all like tell the stories about like we were drinking tequila and we were like, hey, do you know how to work that thing? Probably hurt a lot. Wow. The penmanship is awful. Because like decent, reputable tattoo artists will not tattoo you if you're drunk. Correct. That's right. what I've heard. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is that they'll say, go home and think about this. Yeah. When they you're don't want to deal with you tomorrow being like, what yeah. the fuck is this? Like, they don't want to <laughs> handle that. I just love Will Smith being like, this isn't my first fucking movie. Okay? <laughs> right. Yeah. I've, I've, been in some I've done 12 month shoots before. <laughs> Whose idea do you think this was? Do you think it was Jared Leto's idea? Probably. Probably. I don't know. Maybe he was like, you know, didn't talk to anyone though and like lived in a broom closet and would only like scream in Esperanto. I think David Ayer recommended it. Oh. Bonding exercise because sure. his whole thing is like you gotta be in a cage together. You gotta like like. Uh, I would know, just love it if it was like surgery. If it was like other. Adam yeah. Beach's idea. If it was like some guy who's in the movie for five minutes, he was like, I feel no, like you guys gotta are, do it. You're just saying names of people you went to school with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who any of these people. Who's Adam Beach? That yeah. is vaguely familiar. He plays Slipknot. Yeah, you know <laughs> Slipknot from Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, he does. Master of ropes. Oh, yeah. Master of ropes. Is that his thing? <laughs> he's, he's a rope guy. His character name is he's, all ropes. he's a master of ropes and cords. I'm not even trying to be comic book snobby. I've, I've read yeah, comic no, of books. Course, of course. It's like I know comics, but that I. No. <laughs> Slipknot is one of the most beloved characters Slip- in the history of DC Comics. Does, here's the thing that sucks about comics, right? Is yeah. that even if you're into them, if you hear them described, yes. it sounds like the stupidest Terrible. thing in the world. They, this movie is so embarrassed of Slipknot that everyone gets an intro, but Slipknot, they're just like, and uh, Slipknot, here well, he Slip, is. Slipknot's right. here too. Yeah, right. The they literally don't even bother. Three minutes of Suicide Squad is like musical montage of everyone's right, case like, file set to like the worst things I've ever done. <sighs> Slipknot's the only character they don't introduce. He comes in 45 minutes in, he punches a woman in the face and then dies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He has he a tattoo him, and then he's for like, the rest of his life. He's like, I'm going to slip not out of here. And he tries to like rope away and he, his head explodes. They reveal so the explosive bomb in his brain. <laughs> Truly. He takes out like a grappling gun. He uses ropes right. to escape. And they like, they execute a yeah, hemorrhage. Like, like, right. Bang, right. Like a right. computer he's hemorrhage. A, That's know. how they control the squad. Right. Yes. He's a, yeah. he's a plot point. Really. Yeah. Yep. 
I hope wow. he got the fucking tattoo. I hope like Killer oh. Croc gave it to him or whatever. It's just like that sounds like the <sighs> most committed film shoot where it's like Jared Leto sending you diseases in the mail. Yeah, right? fuck you, dude. Jared Leto revived smallpox. <laughs> Did you get my rat? <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> fuck oh, boy, you God, and then it like comes sucks. out everyone's like it doesn't really make sense <laughs> the movie comes out they're like, it's hard to follow <laughs> <sighs> oh. uh, okay. well this is a great time to announce what that uh, Paul you of course are directing Suicide Squad 2 that's right now, and you're this bringing time, Slipknot back. <laughs> Slipknot comes back. Okay. I don't want to spoil how. Okay. That seems like a spoiler, but wait to see ropes. how yeah, it happens. Right, right, of right. course, it involves rope. He right. roped his way out of hell. <laughs> his brain was made of rope. <laughs> so his, the hemorrhage couldn't kill him. He just reforms his yeah, brain. he just got some more ropes. Yeah. <laughs> Stuffed him back in there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that's your pitch. That's my whole pitch. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, fire Mel Gibson. Hey, this guy. They were like, this to is- get a t- Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson was in talks to direct Suicide Squad 2. They've gone through three different directors. Did that, movie, did that movie do well? Suicide Squad 1? Yes. Yeah, it did well. Did yeah. it really? It made it like $800 million worldwide oh, or man. whatever. But I also, I believe strongly <laughs> it's one of those Fool Me Once movies. Oh, 100%. Like they oh, yeah. got everyone to go see it, and yeah, they're like, yeah. but we made so much money. It's like, you're not going to get them back a <laughs> yeah, second don't time. Don't do it, guys. Guys, guys. I don't, they've already been tattooed by Jai Courtney once. You're not going to get them a second time. I was so turned off by the second Matrix movie that I did not see the third one. <sighs> Paul, because this is, uh, God, for you to bring that up this late in the I episode. remember being in line for the second one at the Chinese theater in in Hollywood and somebody's saying a guy a friend of mine was in line with me and said yeah I hear there's a uh, there's a 20 minute car chase in this movie sure. I was like what <laughs> is that a selling point <laughs> I don't want to see a 20 minute car chase Paul do you know that you it's are currently like 25. sitting across from a man who for t- almost 20 years has held the elected position as like 15 ambassador years. of the Matrix 15 sequels. years. <laughs> I, I love the Matrix sequels. I love them. You can listen to the, the episode. The world's biggest champion of the I'm Matrix I'm the one sequels. who explains that a certain character is actually a login screen. It's a great oh. moment in the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Now, is this a theory or this? you know this is true? I know this. I know okay. this is true. He watches them like once true. a week. <laughs> what happens in the third one? Maybe I did see it. The third one's like they're- You get they're stuck in-, in a subway station. <laughs> that is true. Truly, they're like, you're stuck. Yeah, the squids invade the big city, and they're in these big mech suits, and they're shooting the squids. Oh, and, I don't think I did see that. And then. like uh, uh, Neo stuck in a subway Smith station a with a little girl who's like a bug. She's like uh, Vanellope in Wreck-It Ralph. The girl <laughs> is two computer programs have mated and created a new program that serves no purpose. And they're like, what is this he, thing? He could do this all day. I fucking love the Matrix sequel. He could sequel. do this all day. Then I have not seen that. No. Uh, that and- uh, You're like a lot of people. That movie made way less than right. Reload. The yeah. third Star Wars prequel I have not seen. Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Revenge yeah. of the Sith. The worst one. Is it the worst it one? It is the worst in, one. In our opinion. Is, is it really? It is. A lot it of is. people think moly. don't think that's true. But and those it people is. are wrong. They're Every wrong. single one of them is wrong. Wow. Phantom Menace is the best. Phantom Menace, they get worse. Each one is worse than the last. I, I've almost seen it so many times, and then I, at the last minute, I'm like, I, I know I'm not going to like yeah. this. No. Why am I going to watch this? You won't like it. Yeah. Uh, Attack of Clones is a mess, but it's at least idiosyncratic. Sure. Right. Revenge of the Sith is him doing everything he thinks he should be doing and right. needs it's to right. do. And it feels it kind of lifeless. Right, right, right. And he's like, and yeah. see, now it all makes sense. And you're like, 
buddy. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Natalie Portman dies of a broken heart Ooh, during childbirth. That's true. <laughs> she does. So it wasn't childbirth that killed her. It was a no. broken and heart. And there's a the scene doctor, where The robot doctor makes that very clear. There's a scene where he's yes. force choking her and you're like, oh, doctor. this is how it happens. This is the first time he's learned the force, no, force no, no. choke. Right. He kills her. That's what sort of haunts him in his soul. Right. And it's like, no, she recovered from that, but her heart did not. She's losing the will to yep. live. I didn't realize he was a, a domestic abuser. Yep. <laughs> that happens movie. in that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Darth Vader. He's a jerk. Yeah. He's not a great guy. Darth Vader, a jerk. Big jerk. He's a big jerk. God, the alt-right's going to go after you online. Shit. <laughs> we should cut that out. <laughs> All right. um, uh, everyone should listen to Spontaneous Nation. Everyone Thank should listen you. to Freedom. Freedom is the best. Yeah. Oh, wait. Spontaneous Nation is over by this point. But really? You can fully still over forever? forever? Full by this, well, wow. I never say forever on anything, but okay. I... I tend to not. So you're saying things. the pod of Tomcast is coming back? Yeah, I've I've maintained that. <laughs> I've been refreshing my feed for six hours. <laughs> I've still got the weird little iPod <laughs> man with the mustache. Absolutely. Um, but freedom, yes. Uh, is there going to be more freedom? Will there be a second season? We're, we're, of three? Yes, yes, there yeah, will yeah, be. Yeah, we're yeah, trying yeah, to right. figure out now when to get together, but mm-hmm. we love doing the show. Freedom is so much fun. Thank you. It's it's really uh, it's been a, a a joy in my life to do. Yeah, to to hang out with those guys and just and, talk and just talk. Yeah, right. and we and it's weird to have known. Especially Scott for as long as I've known him right. and still learning things. Well, because it's like he doesn't get to be a regular a person. That's true. Yeah. But, uh, but I spend a lot of time. No, with sure. Him. <laughs> right, right. You're spending more time with him than podcast <laughs> listeners. Yes. Yeah, but it's it really is like um, it's it's a it's a real treat. And I'm glad that people have responded to it so much. It's it's a throwback podcast in many ways. Right. But Just I'm glad that people are room. enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. It is also weird. Wait, that you don't solve any crimes? None. <laughs> Not on purpose. <laughs> Not on purpose. But we did that. Green we, River Killer has been captured. We in our first couple episodes. No, no. Yes. <laughs> in our first couple episodes, totally by mistake, we solved the serial murder. Yeah, we did that. Oh. And these other fools are going out about like they don't know who did it. Anon and Jay together. Have you have you talked to the serial people? Not them directly. You should tell. You should tell them. Yeah, I was in, trying to book the, Sarah. Send them a link to yeah. the episode. Yeah, that's what that's what I'll do to serial yeah. uh, at NPR. I think Sarah Canning's going to do our uh, Alice in Wonderland episode. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's have her on. Yeah. Uh, Great flat ending. For the yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like Sarah the miracle Canning in the Hudson. Joke. It's like we had to get yeah. there. Yeah. We had yeah. to get we to just a dead stop. It's a forced water landing. Flirted with it a couple times. We had a couple real high points we could have gone out on. All right. Thank you for doing the show, Paul. Thank you so much for doing it. Thank you for having me. Can I, can I do a plug? Of course. Yes. Now, is, it, is, the, is the date you told me, is February. that a real date? Yeah. February of 2019. Uh, I can give you the exact date. Uh, if you Paul, want I to. hope you're going to plug my birthday. I hope your plug is my birthday. Oh, no, nope. February, February 10th. Surprises ruined. Just like a week away from my birthday. Don't forget that in one week's time, Griffin celebrates another year on planet Earth. Yes. Around the sun. And you can come see if uh, at the Vancouver uh, Just for Laughs Festival. Sure. I will be doing another uh, two-man improv show with Mark Evan Jackson, Mr., Mr. Jackson and Mr. Tompkins. We did it. Um, this will be our third time doing it. Wow. This will be our third time doing it. We, just, we did it the first time in Toronto last year, and then we just did it um, in Detroit in January, and now we're going back to Canada, Vancouver. Um, that is happening I know when it's happening, and I we am all know not when it's looking happening. it up. I'm building the suspense by letting you know 
exactly the date. Don't you want to know? Very I close know to my you birthday. do. It's sort of in that Wait till you find out what the date is. It's February 17th. Sure. February 17th. You have one week to get your ass to Vancouver. You have one week to get your tickets, get everything together, and do come out and see that show. It's going to be a lot of fun. I promise. That sounds lovely. Yeah. And you're uh, always worth seeing live movie. in any form. Thank Absolutely. You. Any any type of performance, you're mm-hmm. one, you're one of the best in the biz. Thanks, man. It's a real honor and a privilege to have you on the show. Thank yep. you for having me, guys. It was yep. a, it was really a thrill. I hope to be you here. had fun. Yes, I had a ball. Great. Uh, That's it. I, I just extended my arms. Banging in the, air. the microphone away. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> can tell you I do that a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Thanks to Ange Fergudo for our social media. Joe Bowen, Pat Rounds for our artwork. Thanks to Lane Montgomery for our theme song. Go to blankies.rad.com for some real nerdy shit. Tea public for some real nerdy merchandise. And as always, never get a Suicide Squad tattoo. <laughs> <laughs>